Hey everybody and welcome back to the discussion phase. This is our weekly board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host Brady. I'm John. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jacob. And I'm David. We got the whole crew and you know what that's for? The top 10. And just before we get into that, apparently Matthew and I need to stand trial for our sins from last week. So stay tuned. And buckle up. Boys, we've we've made it down to... We should play the final countdown. That would have been great. But yeah. the final know, 10 games of the discussion phase, official top 50 Yeah, list. really, here the, here's the thing, though. The greater <laughs> achievement here, though, is that... The four of us are sitting in, on my dining room table, and we have David on call. It's pretty That's great. Right. That is a great achievement these days. Yeah. On a Monday night, we're sacrificing the... We are taking a break from playing the games we love to right To literally talk now. about them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And this is the, the top 10. So. Who came up with that, that name? This is a dream. Was that uh, Brady? That was me. That was, that a, was, good, me. was a good I feel like slogan. you set yourself Thank up you. there, Brady. Yeah, I did. Yeah, nice. But um, so we are going to do our top 10. That'll come in a few minutes. Uh, we have a few things. We have some business to take care of. Wait, wait, wait. Before we take care of too much, before we get super heated, I just wanted to highlight because, um, and I'm sure you guys are, are experiencing this as well. Uh, we just were kind of just into the new year. Yeah. And we have gotten to play around just a little bit with, uh, with John's. Christmas gift to us, which was, is a role-playing oh, yeah. calendar. Yeah. Um, this is, so it's a role-playing calendar. So it's like one of those day calendars where you like uh, rip the sheet off every day. Yep. Um, except this one, you, it's, it's, it's got a space theme to it. Um, so it kind of reminds me of something like uh, Mass Effect. Yeah. That, that's kind of what the vibes the I'm vibes, getting yeah. from it. Um, and so you right now we're kind of just you know in obviously the in the first like week so it's kind of taken us through a little bit of a training mission type of thing um and giving us getting our feet wet but what have you guys thought about this so far it's been fun i mean we're doing the prologue we're about what a weekend now um i've already died so i think i'm the only <laughs> one here who's who's John, died you had already. a med kit um i forgot to use it um but it's a very simple um i was saying i saw this i think like last april it was a kickstarter and i was like this would be a fun thing to do with with yeah. the guy so it showed up right around christmas and so we'll all be going through the same encounter every day but hopefully by you know a month into the year two months into the year we'll all have kind of different characters different maybe mm -hmm. companions or experiences so it'll be fun to kind of just chat around every day about it but um it's been fun the, i mean the art's a little generic spacey and the themes not you really know, it's like just, it's not like it's a, a generic and you you uh, you apologize for the art, but it really is not like horrible. I don't, I don't think it's not like outstanding, but I don't look, I don't look at it and go. Ugh. We haven't come across any hexes yet either. So yeah, is no it really hexes. a space game? That's fair. That's and, fair. Um, and, and so the way this works is, yeah. So every day you get basically a piece of paper, you know, that says the date on it, the, cu the current actual real world date mm -hmm. and the, the space world date that this um, world is set in. Uh, and you get like a full set of, like D and D dice, yep. uh, role playing dice, um, and you are just kind of every day you kind of do the next little piece of the mission where you're, you know, we've kind of this is just the very beginning, but we kind of we're like a robot that has just broken out of this like experimental facility type of thing, and so um, 
So I don't know about you guys, but my guy, you know, you kind of roll to set up your character. My guy is super strong. So I busted right out of the cage and then, you know, just immediately, I can't pick a lock. I can't do anything other than just smash stuff. But um, yeah, so the the guy actually did, did some digging into it. It's by Sundial Games, LLC. It's called Quest Calendars. They do one every year. But it's a guy and his wife, and he does he makes them every year, and then they do all the fulfillment out of their basement, like mm-hmm. shipped through, you know, Yeah, USPS, I was a little so surprised because like, I started doing it, and I got very excited. I'm like, okay, this, and I am, you know, I'm more partial to, unlike David, more partial to generic fantasy over generic space. And so I was like, uh, I was like, I was wondering about getting one for Tara mm-hmm. and her D&D group and me, and then, you know, I could kind of have another calendar group going. Um, but yeah, they just do one a one year, a year. Um, which is a little surprising. I, I, there's just so, and like, yeah, if it's, if it's just a husband and wife team doing the writing here, then I, I guess I can see, but like, these are super easy oh, yeah. to do. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I don't have like a fleet of them at this point. I'm sure they will sometime in the future. Well, you'll have to stay tuned for our many adventures. I know you can get different kinds of ships. There's different like kind of yeah. pre-made classes. You can create your own hero. So I already know what my hero's name is going to be. Yeah, what's it going to be, Matthew? Eon Flux. Eon Flux. Throw back to Gloomhaven. Yeah, and it's like it's just enough during the day where I can look forward to it, do the quick thing, and then you know, kind of be done. That's nice. Yeah, I have mine right at my desk, so it's the dice are really pretty too. The dice are pretty. Did it come with the dice? It did come with the dice. Yeah, David got scammed somehow. I'm I'm missing a D100. So sorry, David, if I find it around my house. Well, that's honestly really excited for it to come in. So should be coming in when what tomorrow? I think. Hopefully, yeah. You have to have some speed running catching up to you. It's honestly not that bad. Yeah, but I do think it's an interesting kind of concept because you know we've talked a lot about like Legacy of Dragonhold, where we enjoy the the idea of kind of free decision making and how that impacts the world, but yet just enough uh, structure and boundary to where you just don't feel completely lost. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm hope, hoping it it kind of gives you some kind of structure of the story going forward, a focused kind of D and D kind of experience. All right. Um, David, I think you also had a game or two you wanted to uh, to catch us up on. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is a game that I picked up in a trade at PAX Unplugged, uh, and that is Dogs of War. Now, Dogs of War has been out of print for a long time. Was this the old Simon game? Yes. Yes, it is. It's, yeah. It is area control with fancy hats. Now, look. With the miniatures that uh, Castles of Burgundy is uh, ripping off. Yeah, yeah, it's the Castles, <laughs> the new uh, Castles oh, of Burgundy yeah, miniatures. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing this. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's got asymmetric factions, it's got negotiation, backstabbing, worker placement, tense gameplay, and it's all wrapped up in about an hour. And it was oh, okay. really, really good. So I it's played a it hidden with, movement game? Give me more, David. It's a hidden move, exactly. Well, it's not <laughs> quite a hidden. It doesn't meet the qualifications of a hidden movement <laughs> okay. game, per Brady. Um, which will be, we should discuss that at some point. But, um, Brady, you need to be held accountable for quite a few things. Yeah, know? that's right. That's right. Um, but I'll just say this. I, I played with a group of, of guys who have played like a couple of games. Some have played Clue. Some have played Wingspan. Um, and so I was a little nervous going into this. And everybody had an absolute blast. It was so much fun. Um, and everyone wanted to play immediately again. We ran out of time uh, for the evening, but we have a, a game planned again. So uh, Is, it, Dogs a, is of War, it a longer game? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, it played about... It plays in about an hour. Um, now, you know, these were newer gamers, so it played a little bit longer for them. But uh, but I would say, like, if the five of us played, which it plays best at five, we could easily get that done in an hour and play back to back and, you know, maybe draft factions and do all that fun stuff. Is this going to be um, another Tammany Hall for us? 
Oh, this is way better than Tammany Hall. Oh, really? Man. It's a thousand percent better Let's than Tammany Hall. It's going to be on the top 10 next year. Oh, my year. word. Yes. Well, yeah. David, are there any, you know, this game came out in 2014. Are there any games, because, I mean, really, we hadn't heard about it before you mentioned where you picked up at PAX. Are there any games that you feel like it was inspired by or games well, that Well, so the designer, is, the designer is Paolo Mori, which you know made Blitzkrieg oh, and Caesar. Yeah. And so you know both of those games, as far as like a two-player yeah. distillation, are very tense. They feel like a dance, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, so Dogs of War is is like that. Uh, it really feels like that, but in a multiplayer setting. So there's lots okay. of room for clever play, lots of room for negotiating. One minute it does that. It's like that one thing where um, one minute you really care about one side, and then all of a sudden you flip, and now you're like, all right, forget that faction. I'm I'm supporting this these families over here. So um, really, really fun game. How, um, the second. Go how, ahead, sorry. how painfully out of print is this game? Um, I mean, to get the base game and well, some of the expansion say, factions, it's going to cost you maybe two to three hundred dollars. I'd but, say. But David, there's always the option to trade. trade. That's right. Yeah. That's and let's right. just say, if even if it wasn't out of print, you could buy it fifty percent off in retail. David would still trade for it. <laughs> there you go. That's well, a, you David, know, you trading is the real game. That's the only reason I'm in this hobby. Yeah, so yeah. To, you definitely have me hyped for that one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to play it with you guys whenever we get together again. I think I think you'll uh, really enjoy it. Um, the other next game that I wanted to play is I will just say this. I think a few of you guys have played Keyforge. This is the game that I think I wanted Keyforge to be, and that is Mindbug. Now I think I think those who would enjoy it most would probably be John, and then maybe Matthew or Jacob. I don't know if Brady would like this or not, but um, it's it's like a two player dueling card game, except. It plays in about like five to ten minutes, and the really the crux is there's these great cards, powerful cards, card combos. But at any given moment, you have a, a mind bug that you can play on your opponent. That when they play their card, you take their card instead. Now you only mm. get two of them over the course of the game. So what this tension that it creates is: Do I play this card at risk of them taking it, or do I try to make them think that this is the card that I want them to take? so that I can then make them run out of their mind bug. So now I can start playing my actual combo cards or, but then you risk of, well, if I wait too long to play my powerful cards, then they're just going to beat me. So there's a, just this great tension throughout the whole game. And it's all done in about five to 10 minutes, a fat stack of cards. Each game is different. Um, so highly suggest. Is it like a shared deck or is it like kind of split up into different factions? Um, or something? So, so, there's like a card the, the the deck plus the expansion is like 60 some cards and each player gets 10 cards and that's the game so you're only ever playing with 20 cards total and then 10 cards yourself so the variability really? is very very high the comparison to keyforge there i find interesting because that's like well i guess you don't customize anything in keyforge but you have like a full-blown deck of cards it's kind of it almost more it, it's more sounding like um, Critters at War than uh, where it's like a smaller deck. Oh yeah, I would say that's probably that's probably true because I think like it's not overbloated with keywords, but yeah. there's just enough variability in the cards that it's like after a game or two, the the rules and the keywords take a step back, and now the mind games come to the forefront. Which I I've played with Sam now, I think about four or five times, mm -hmm. and uh, we both really really enjoyed this one. The art is kind of give or take. I maybe could have gone with a better theme, but the gameplay is is quite good for what it is. Love it. Well, thanks for sharing about those. It's definitely uh, always fun to have some new games brought to the table. But the thing is, his new games are impossible to play unless you play them with him. Yeah, see, that's because he wants you to go visit him, which you haven't done yet. Listen, mm. I've, I've always say I have Fridays off. 
You all let me yes, know. Yes, and the invitation has been open to you, Matthew. What are you, you waiting for? You could drive, Matthew. You have already. Well, so listeners, if you listen to last week, our, our 20 through 11, you, you may have noticed there was a small gap in knowledge between <laughs> Matthew and I. He's, when he's it's changing the narrative here. Concerning a certain game, um, you know, and we apologize and said that we wish the other guys were on. Uh, the other guys, guess what? They're on. They're here. So they're here. they wanted to redeem, before we get into the top 10, a favorite game of theirs. So, boys, tell everyone why we need to play ter- uh, Too Many Bones and and why Matthew and I are wrong. Ooh, hey. everybody hang tight because you need to listen. Listen to this. Oh, yes. That sounds, oh, I know exactly what that nice. is. Those, is that giant those, those sound like shackles of chip theory games <laughs> holding you down and taking your money. All right. Um, shackles. Yeah. Shackles. Uh, David, you want to go first because you're the one who introduced this game to, I think, all of us. Yeah. And I think you're the rightful place to start. I've got a few things that I've prepared. Um, <laughs> prepared? So a statement. You can you can go first, David. But John I, has I'd prepared like prepared, prepared for this all week. I need to go wear a helmet? Discussion uh, phase versus the people. Here we are. Oh my goodness! This is the most atro- most atrocious, uninformed, uninspired <laughs> babbling that has ever happened on this podcast. My goodness! Sitting there shaking my head at these two yahoos who don't know a thing about what they're talking about. Too many too many bones is fan freaking tastic. Uh, it is. It's got tactical gameplay. It's got asymmetric powers. Uh, it has got fan like one of the few co ops that I actually will entertain playing and not just entertain like i actually enjoy and look for hey i'm to right there with you get, i'm not a big co-op guy that's one of yeah, the strikes I, and here. i'm not and, and that's right so so brady you and i are kind of like have that bond between us and that a co-op game really more or less you tell me that it's already knocked down a few points mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but too many bones is just allows you to go on an adventure and you get to grow in as far as like your powers you get to customize your abilities and then you just i think where and the other guys can speak to this is what is tough about too many bones is that there is a high learning curve. Mm -hmm. And if you're not into, if you're not into wanting to engage with the system and play the game that's in front of you, then you're not going to have a good time. Um, and so, I mean, the other guys can add to this, but I think to me, too many bones is just a charming game that Mm -hmm. there's nothing else quite like it. And that's why I love too many bones. It's charming and there's nothing else quite like it. Um, and if there is, maybe someone tell me what it is because, as far as I'm concerned, there's not. Plus, it only comes out of chip theory. David, comes out of chip theory. Yeah. So, I mean, adding on to what David said, right? So, uh, first off, it's a beautiful production. I understand that it's not miniatures, it's not flashy, um, but I think there's something really satisfying to playing the game. It feels like you have, uh, you know, you get your money's worth, right? It's fun to click the chips around. Um, honestly, it works really well for being able to tell what's on the field. Um, I really enjoy being able to like stack the health chips underneath. It's a good visual representation of, uh, you know, what baddies may or may not have lots of health, but uh, kind of at a higher level, right? I think mechanically it's an extremely sound game, right? Just in general. Um, I think it's, it's a lot to learn cause it's really keyword soup to start, um, but it really does have a lot to offer in the mechanics section. So, um, the combat's really fun. Um, uh, but overall it's just like, a a work of love. Like, I don't know how else to describe it because, um, there are some, some things that I won't spoil hidden within some of your, your, uh, your games, gameplay content. You might, you might need to do some digging to find it, but the amount of love that this company puts into their games, it's like, 
I feel like I was getting trolled by saying I was, you know, a simp for, uh, you know, chip theory games, but I feel like chip theory games loves me as much as I love them. Like that's how I feel <laughs> when I'm playing their games. When John, I'm what do on you, their Discord, what do you call someone content, who's like, and then you got like Simon, who's like the abusive boyfriend that like you keep going back to because they like, you know, that's buy true, you nice true, things. But you know, chip theory games is like a but, warm cup of but coffee. John, what do you a, call someone that it only loves you because you spend money on them? <laughs> That would be Simon, bro. That's I'm, I'm making the I'm making the the comparison that Chip Theory gives you way more than you. You're pay a sugar for. daddy. You like, know how much Chip Theory wants they to reward, charge you for shipping. They reward the, the freaking the come on comics thing that's come out. They want to charge you thirty bucks to ship you a small comic and a couple of miniatures. That's what they want to. I, I, I guess what I'm saying though is freaking Chip Theory games will charge hey, you but how much, zero. How much, zero. How much coffee did you have to buy to get those comics? You guys are so wrong because it wasn't even <laughs> coffee that had the chips in it that he got. He got coffee from the company that makes the coffee that partners with chip theory. If I saw your picture, right, David, maybe was I'm wrong. A, so oh, there was right. not yeah, no, a the, the, chip all that in coffee the that I bought was just from bones. Co- that was yeah, a gift just to my mother. Coffee. That was just bones. Coffee. It kind. wasn't it even y'all been roasting him. You've been so wrong, but I guess my, my, my whole point is that chip theory games is a game that rewards you for investing in it. But I also think chip theory games as a publisher, the reason I like them so much and I'm so interested in all their projects is you can feel it's a labor of love. It's a small team. You can tell they're making it because they love games, not because they're trying to make a bunch of money. Their costs are justified by the components that you buy. Yes, they're over the top. A lot of people would say it's not worth it, but here's I, think- I will, I'll give you this right now. I'll give you this right now. When it comes to, you know, like you're, you're talking about this whole thing is a labor of love, small company, all that. I, and, and it still looks amazing. That is all of the reasons why I like, philosophically refuse to play splatter games because everybody says the same thing. They're like, Oh, it's a small company. They, you know, don't have a lot of resources. They're running on like an eighties computer, blah, blah, blah with all the graphics. And yeah. So I will say I do like, I very much like that aspect of, you know, chip theory games that they, they, I think you've compared them to like, Apple products before with their sort of packaging and marketing and that sort of stuff. And I do like like that. The Apple store. You know, you feel cool going to chip theory games. Yeah. But, um, I mean, all of that I feel like is extra though, because if you pair all of it down, it's, I still think foundationally it's a great game. David's point, it's a co-op. It's also a solo game that I enjoy to play. I love reading through the encounter cards. I think the humor is so fun. Um, it's lighthearted, but it's also a like strategic challenge. Okay. Another so. thing now, because I, David said that I was, I was uninformed last time and I will admit that I'm uninformed. Yeah. So I'm asking a genuine question here. One of the things that draws me in to mm-hmm. a co-op game, as Jacob knows this, is a sense of story and progression. Mm-hmm. So like Oathsworn, Pandemic yep. Legacy Season 1, even a little bit of Gloomhaven. Um, so it, is this a a story, like a campaign? Because I've heard you guys mention campaign before, yep. so, but I've been a little confused. So yeah, let me let me clarify. Maybe David or Jacob can chime in. It's not going to give you, I would say, anywhere near like an Oathsworn level of story. The way the game works is that you you basically build an encounter deck. So maybe there's 30 or it's like 40 something encounter cards uh, and you'll maybe mix in eight or nine of them and then you'll mix in some that's specific to the tyrant and every day you're drawing a card reading the text. So if you play, you know, 20, 30, 40 times, you'll start to see some of the same ones and remember them. Yeah, so it's not really like a branching narrative. So each encounter is kind of in its own vacuum and they don't really link to one another with the exception of like the tyrant encounters but jacob or david anything else you want to say about i think i think what i enjoy about too many bones is the character progression so yeah the narrative um it's there if you want it to be there they've written all sorts of silly like little encounters that you're going on on this kind of like basically you set up this deck depending on how many days 
which is how many cards you flip of encounter there are. Um, and each of those encounters or days has a it, its own situation happening. And there's a lot of humor and whatnot mixed in. So the story is there, but not like it's nowhere near what, what you'd hope for in a pandemic legacy or Oswarm yeah. or whatever. However, the character progression is what I love about Too Many Bones. And you can you can um, customize that to how long you want to play. Right. So there are there are games that you can play that John and I ran a ran a uh, scenario in 45 minutes the other yeah, day. Yeah, we crushed it. Um, but we, we also ran a three and a half hour one a few weeks ago. So it's kind of like, how long do you want to take? How much do you want to build your character? Yep. How much, like, how, how just how big do you want to build it out? And, and if you, you want to, so, just to send it. You can just create a character, just send it on a Tyrant Encounter, just make it a little challenging on yourself, mm-hmm. just have fun on a one shot. So do you customize your character and it continues to be customized I mean, there, it there levels are, up? There are pre-made paths. So each character yeah. has, I think it's like 20 skill dice. David, check me on that. Yeah. 20 skill dice. So it's, it's preset what abilities or things they can do, but each game you're only getting four to six of them maybe depending on the path right. so you might want to customize and try different combos and the campaign thing we talked about is effectively a way to take your same party whether you're doing it solo or with multiple and face multiple tyrants so then you're building up to by the end of it you might have you know 12 skill dice and upgrade your base attributes as well so like you can make the play longer and extend it over multiple sessions uh, using the campaign and there's like epilogue cards that might give you special rewards but again it's not like a branching narrative but um, I honestly don't know if you'd really enjoy it, Brady. And uh, I just wanted to make That's sure okay. we had the opportunity. And it is okay. There are plenty of good games. Let me out ask there. you this Is there a little sneaky character I can choose and run around and steal all your coins with? No. No coins. No, no coins. coins. Yeah, it's out. Coins. It's out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, hey, yeah. It's just not for you. <laughs> but, but we have to remember this is not too many bones trial. This is the trial of. Matthew and Brady. Absolutely. Okay. My that's criticisms right. of the game is I thought the combat was very uninspired. <laughs> And, and I just like, so like, how can you say that? I just think it it's so well, well, wrong. Yeah, you already said your piece. You've not it. played it enough anything. to say the combat is uninspired. Like, I, I think the combat is fantastic. The positioning is so important. You said specifically that movement was not important, and movement is the most important thing outside of like what skill dice you have for ma- uh, maneuvering the combat around because you can manipulate the focus of the monster and move them in specific ways so that you can avoid attacks from them, but also you can line up things so certain attacks have an AoE, certain attacks the enemy have has an AoE so they can hit you, but you can also position yourself in a way that it hits the opponent. I think you just didn't engage in the game enough, so you didn't care and you don't have a good recollection of what it is, so you're just casting it off. Because I'm think just speaking, like also like just speaking when, for myself. Depending on, depending on the enemies that come out, there's a lot of situations where... Sometimes you're playing a little bit of push your luck. You're like, yep. okay, I know that this this guy, this this enemy over here is going to be really bad in about round four. So if I can get this cleared out before then, I'm good. But if not, right. maybe I need to start attacking him earlier on. I mean, there's just so many tactical yep. considerations. And because of the like the the variability of each uh, baddie that you that comes out with all of their different uh, uh, abilities and how they affect you depending on your position uh, and the ones that are around them, like there's just so many tactical decisions. I can't think of a combat system like it as far as like any other game that I've played that, that I've, that I've enjoyed as much. I mean, it's certainly better than the combat. I mean, maybe there's not much of a combat system, so to speak with um, spirit Island, but this is definitely much better um, as in my opinion than something like that. It feels way more engaging and more inspiring than, uh, than the, maybe the puzzliness of, of getting rid of enemies in that game. Um, one thing that I'll also add that you guys mentioned about like the chips over the miniatures Personally, I think I think the chips are better. If it was a bunch of miniatures, 
it would be so it would be such a cumbersome game it would be painful to try like to sort it out expensive because you don't and understand then, the, the chips let you just immediately set up those combat encounters you don't need to pull a baddie and then go fish for a miniature that works for him too right it's like the whole way the system works but and, and because it's not miniatures, it allows you to have the different like keywords and things on there so that you can um, each each enemy is going to be varied. Whereas if like, all right, I got a reference to see what this monster does. If it's a miniature, let me go pull out my reference sheet there to see what that well, no, it's just like it's printed. David, right you there. just wait until you play Cloud Spire <laughs> and you'll have a whole new appreciation for keyword uh, reference sheets. I'm just saying I was hoping this time this was a lot of time. It was a lot. We said a lot of good things about too many bones. We just didn't say enough bad things about Matthew and Brady. And that's really all I wanted out of this. I just wanted to roast them. I just felt like I just wanted <laughs> well, we didn't even to touch their takes on Kemet and or so some other games. Spirit Matthew Island. Brady, Matthew's not just, played it at all. This Are you going to roast me right now? No. All right. I will extend grace. This is huh? grace. No oh, yeah. roast. Brady's been However, I think, uh, I think one thing, if we, this conversation would go around Discord, our group is, we, we love to hate, and we have a lot of fun. We pick on each other a, a lot. A lot of roasting. And uh, there's a lot of roasting. Our, you should see our group chat. It, it, it can get volatile sometimes. Oh, yeah. But we always come together <laughs> around the table, except for David. He wants to play. He's coming around the online table. Usually and, the intensity uh, of our conversations depends on how much ibuprofen John has, hasn't <laughs> had that day. I... Ha- I keep a book of grudges up in my room, yeah. a book of transgressions. And it's here's the thing. Bound. Yeah, it is. And it is carved with the blood of my enemies. <laughs> um, and it has just gotten so thick there for a while. <laughs> like I thought day, I thought David was going to come along and not just immediately jump in the book. I thought John was going to do the same thing, but nope. The, all of these scallywags. All of have, us have a place. Yep. That's really the only thing that we have in common. I think David fell the furthest, though. (laughs) What was it? Well, like he was introducing me to games like um, like Blue Lagoon, like Babylonia, all of these Mm. great games. Um, But then he just he just kind of has has taken up like he can't play as many board games, so he wants to drop in spicy takes and throw flames on fire or (laughs) flames on fuel on fire. Especially back, I'm going to throw this back because it's still this very long transgression right here. With the um, he was he was doing that with the with the speed paint situation. Oh, uh, I did not enjoy paint. that. Oh. John, I thought you were going to bring oh, up Bunny Kingdom. Heated. That got heated. Brady almost went home on that one. Yeah, <laughs> if only he had a ride. Matthew's car. Yeah. Only, that's right. <laughs> oh man, I think just what everybody needs to know is whenever whenever these guys say we're going to review a game, know that they've either played it once <laughs> or they've that's played what everybody about does. half a, they've played about half a game and made up their mind of what the game already is and how it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, at least we didn't get a free copy from the publisher before we did that, which is what 90% <laughs> yeah. of the content creators <laughs> We, we spent our own hard-earned money on it. Yeah. There we go. Typically, one of us has an overpowered ability and Matthew just says that, that person's overpowered and it just goes after him the whole <laughs> right. time. Yeah, Best we, we have a game? running joke that uh, if Matthew's winning, the game is great. It's the simple flow chart. But if Matthew is losing, then it is a game problem. I've still to this day, I've known Matthew. We're coming up on almost three years now. To this day, have never heard you admit that you did something wrong in a game. And that is why you lost. It has always been a game problem. So anyway, now we're getting to the trial. I wanted now we're, we're, we gotta, we gotta come back together. And with that, there's a lot of games I love that. I don't to the title. No, 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 I'm talking about when you're playing a game and when you're losing, you can't lose gracefully. You can't. Oh, All right. Matthew, you're, you beat your tongue there. I'm proud of you. He did. Uh, <laughs> I'm just listening. Hey, I, All right. I had some ibuprofen before I came. Don't worry. 
he um we we have for the top 10 um compiled our own predictions with the exception yep. of John of what our our top 10 uh, is going to be so we've ordered them uh what we're going to do um there's going to be a winner here at the end if if you nailed it like spot on in the spot you get 3 points one off is 2 points and two off is one point. That's how that scoring system's going to yep. go. And I don't know about you guys, but like we play a lot of games. We also know each other very well, as we kind of just talked about. Um, and it's still hard to put together this top 10. Like I, yeah, I kind of like, yeah, there's still games where I'm like, that one could be on there. Yeah. I think Matthew's experiencing that. And I think just to provide some context, right, this, this weighting very much favors crossover crossover. Yeah. So, um, I actually did it two different ways too. And there was uh, a little bit of movement in the top 10. Um, but the way that we kind of landed on, um, was to have like a hundred basis points and then each game was worth uh, effectively 51 minus their number. Um, confusing way to just say your number 50 game would be 100 and, uh, 100 points. I think I have to double check my math now. Um, and that we just your, didn't want your number one game to be yes. worth a hundred are 50, 50 times 50 more, times more right. than your number 50 game so some people more. can game the system apparently mm. right. yes so yeah your number 50 game was worth 101 points and your number one was worth 150 points so if you had a crossover you know one person's one oh, yeah, first place true. game is actually worth less than two people's 50th game because we wanted to make sure it was all based on collaboration so yeah. which is the way it should be the way yeah. it should be all right so with that john hit us with that number are 10, because I've got it written back right here. Into, and we are you Watergate, guys right? ready? We did leave happy. off did. with Watergate. David, did you uh, did you send us in your Yes, I had. I had oh, my gosh. Already. I can't believe I forgot about this one. If you want to say the name of it, no. I will put it in your empty spot, because I've not said anything yet. No, don't don't give anything no, away. No, I, I've already seen it, and I'm, I feel like an idiot, oh. so yeah. let's go on. Number 10 is Scythe. Oh, I, I got it. it. I got have it. Have it at 10? Yeah, have it at wow. 10. Wow. David had it at 10. Um, so this was, and I got to get my, the list is That's so long now. Points. I got it. Um, Brady had this at 38. Matthew had it at 35. I had it at 19. And Jacob had it at number nine. It is absent from our good friend David's list. And it is up nine spots from last year. From yeah, at 19. I put it in, I, I, my guess was that it was at eight. David, when's the last time you played this? Oh, it's been a while. And you know what? I'm really, if, if Brady is, has the uh, his copy the up for the friend price, I I might be inclined to purchase it because I think... Maybe Honestly, I'd, say, I'd sell you mine. I'd sell you my base game if you want it uh, for well, the friend the, price the because I've, I have moved, like, as a collective group, we have all of these great games that if somebody's new to the hobby, we can throw at them. And Scythe is one of them. It's not Absolutely. one that like, I particularly love, which is why I didn't have, but you guys did. But now that I've moved away and I have new people that I'm trying to like bring in, I think Scythe right. would be an absolute and, hit with them. And I think the other thing is that you probably haven't played it enough to like just, you'll, you'll beat them to start, but it won't be the discrepancy of like playing Matthew or Steven where they're just infinitely better than us. So um, I think this saw a bit of a resurgence this resurgence this year because we did jump on the uh, Rise of Fenris for and a couple weeks. And we added in the random um, map set. The random board. The, yeah, the modular board, which was, was a big, great. Yeah. big deal. So um, absolutely loving Scythe. It's a great game. Um, I probably wouldn't play it now, like with Matthew or this group, without that randomized board, just because yeah. I feel like I have a fighting chance yeah, uh, when agree. we're able to kind of randomize the setup. Um, Matthew, trying to peek ahead on the list over there, friend? Scythe is a game that I feel like I have a good game, like one in every five games. Like yeah. I'm good 20% of the time. But it's game. so and fast. when I find it, you mean it like a so successful game? Yeah, like a Not game like where a fun I actually game. win. 
No, no, no. I have fun games every time. Yeah, okay. It's just the it's just that I usually do very poorly. My engine doesn't. Get and I think the big thing that has us willing to go play it is that we can play it in forty five to sixty minutes. Yep. Yeah, re- reliably each time. It, but because this was a two hour yeah, game setup, in a slog like fest, at least. Um, I don't. I don't think you'd be getting to the table nearly as much. Agreed. But yeah. um, I'm excited. I'd love to finish the Rise of Fenris. Get some of those unique factions in. Um, well, spoilers. I probably spoilers, am more but. excited about finishing Rise of Fenris than I am about playing Osworn. Osworn or Frosthaven. I would rather finish the Rise of Fenris. Wow. I do any of that. And we could do that quick. I mean, that could be too. That's nice. impressive. Yeah. But that's also why I've been really been excited. You know, with um, uh, some of the new games like Age of Atlantis, it has that kind of like a. Uh, Competing for objectives in the game. That's why I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was in my top. And then Dead Reckoning as well. Metal Poseidon too. Dead Reckoning has a kind of that scythe kind of feel oh, where I you're still going around. Play Dead Reckoning, man. You know, kind of an open kind of board, gaining resources, but then you can lose them I if do someone want takes to play them. Dead Re- David, yeah. do you have Dead, Re- Dead Reckoning, or have you traded it already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got it. He wouldn't let me buy it from me, so I had to kickstart the most recent campaign. We're going to be over it by the time that comes in. But, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I've been too hard yeah. on Matthew. He's looking over at me with these puppy eyes, and it's making me feel real bad. Give each other a hug. Uh, All right, no. hit us with that number nine. All right, number nine. Does it start with a C? It does not start with a C. Number a nine does have a C in it. Underwater Cities. Oh, oh my god. So gosh. this was, ironically, number nine last year. So it is still on the same four people's list. So you've got it at... 36 on Brady's, number 10 on Matthews, number 21 on mine, and number 23 on Jacob. So Underwater Cities, guys, y'all played it recently in... Yeah. Wasn't yeah, was it, so was, was it before it? you did the list that it dropped? Um, no, it was you? at like 11 before. It was at 11 my last year. My last two plays of Underwater Cities have been rough. Just too long and one person running away with it. And that's Jacob, I was really counting on yeah, you I've this poorly, But I really enjoy it. I mean, I think it's a fantastic game. Anybody? Yeah. Did anybody nail this one? I had it at... Six or seven. I put it at six. Yep. So I Jacob did not eight. get any points. Matthew sorry, got seven. one. Got one, and so did David. Yeah. All right. I I I love this game, and it I was not. I, I, what I what not makes this it. game a top ten game for you? It's it's your number ten. Well, I feel obviously the one thing I always say in games I love is the sense of progression, where I can look back and see where the game has started and where it's at now. And I feel like I, you're constantly ramping up and you're building things. And I still feel the tension in the worker placement spots. Like, how do I optimize? I always have to play a card when I do a worker placement spot. But if I optimize that type of card with the worker placement location and building up on those bonuses, and the game actually gives you a lot of flexibility on how you choose to combo. Are you going to play your card first? Do you want to do the action first? You choose how you want to do that to improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy a lot of the stuff that the expansion added, essentially kind of like the prelude we've talked about, yeah. kind of module like Terraforming Mars has, um, the player boards at a recess, so you're not constantly knocking things over. Because I remember when we very first played on War Cities, that was a headache. Um, I know we haven't really played with the museum expansion part of it as much. Uh, it adds kind of more of that race mechanic. I know Brady's frustration is, you know, a lot of this game rewards you for creating your infrastructure sooner rather than later. Like there's some like global achievements that anyone can claim. Which you get more um, resources for. Yeah, you get resources for if you go in after yeah. those. Very snowball um, Yeah, but they're, but they're something that you should be wanting to do in some way or another. And I last game when I played, I think I got all three, but I'm like, these were out here at the very beginning of the game. We all could have been going after them. Um, for there, and so that, to me, I still feel it's tight. And every game I play, you can kind of go after a different build depending on your assistance that you get. Uh, different persistent ability cards. Um, do I go after kelp strategy? Do I go after the biomatter? Do I try to build up a lot of cities and score off of those? Um, 
I understand some people's complaints with it. I, I don't feel like it's ever a long game. Um, cause I mean, I don't think the other games are any going over two hours. I don't think. Yeah. I think two hours is, I mean, even an hour and a half, I think is just too long for it is in my opinion. Really? That's okay. a totally. If, if you feel like you're out of it yeah, when a game hits around a two hour mark, it feels like it's too long. Really? Yeah. I mean, really my only complaint about this is that Matthew is so incredibly good at it. And that, because yeah, he, like you explained the last time it was the three of us, me, Jacob and Matthew, he got all of the, you know, racy objective things. And then those, you know, when one person gets all of those, they give you so many more resources that you, it is so hard yeah. to compete with that. And it, I mean, it is totally a, a skill thing. Um, and the, the reason why I don't like the museum is because it just amplifies, amplifies that. that to the max. Matthew's already good at that. And he just wipes the floor with us if we play with like that thing. Um, but I love the game. This one was on my friend zone list where yeah. I, I love the game, but I just feel like I, it doesn't love you back. It doesn't love me back. I feel like I have to fight for my life the whole time. And then yeah. I look at the end score and I'm like, right. 40 I think points I agree with me. you. And I think that's one thing I like so much. You're like nothing in this game is going to happen for you. You have to literally fight just to not only compete, but to build your infrastructure, get the things you need. Cause you very rarely outside of like at the very beginning of a production phase. Do you feel like you're flush with resources? A lot of times you're, yeah, I just need one coin. I just need yeah. one biomatter. Yeah. I just need one resource token. And you're just literally fighting and willing to sacrifice anything to get that one. And you just, you if this game makes you feel that maybe for better, or for worse, depending on, you know, if you're ahead or you feel like you're competing. The, mm-hmm. the um, turning point for me was I had won the first two times we played this game. Uh, and then we played the game at David's house before you moved, David. I don't really remember this, but I think three of us tied. And so we went into a tiebreaker and I think you ended up winning, David, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think, I think I but won I think that Brady, game, but like the you thing that was, well, that, you finished your thought. Go it ahead. It just sorry. broke me. It broke. I, have, I haven't come back since. I, I can't even compete. I've, mm. I think I've lost by like 50 or 60 plus points the last three, last two Wait, you're saying that the three of us tied, but Matthew was way ahead? No. Well, the Matthew's won the last two games I've played. But uh, that one game, I don't. I think it was. I remember I had moved my my scoring piece up, and then I remember just saw you. You're like, oh yeah, you just put it next to mine, <laughs> and I th- you really counted. But I I was like feeling a little. And then David did the same thing, and then we had a three way tie, and then it went into some tiebreaker. I think David ended up winning. Nice. Um, but it broke me. I have never been back. The ba- I've never been back. Yeah, the yeah. I, the I yips. haven't played with the 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 expansion. I think that like did the same thing that Prelude did with Terraforming Mars, and that might fix it for me. But like for me. The type of euro that it is, it just to me does not need to be in that hour and a half to two hour mark. It doesn't need to live there. It needs to be a lot shorter, a lot snappier. Um, and so I would like to play with the expansion and see if that does it for me because it is like very, very tight game. I mean, if the first game I played with Matt, it was just me and Matthew, and he absolutely crushed me. And I was, I felt like I couldn't do anything <laughs> yeah. the whole game, uh, which is fine. Like that, 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 that doesn't, losing doesn't bother me because, you know, as I always say, everything is a learning game. Every game. And, absolutely. And so, but the, but the slog of, I just can't, I can't, I can't deal with that when there's so many other great Euro games that do what yeah. I think underwater cities And other than do, the worker placement, it can be kind of multiplayer solitaire. I mean, at least what you're doing on your board, nobody can really... It's a very solitary I think, you, I think that's something that you should like, though, Brady, right? No one's going out there well, and you no, can... I do like that. I'm saying, yeah. I think David, that's one of the reasons why it David... It has his acronym, right? Yeah. This is correct. Yes, yeah. the, 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 the Yampsy. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. He had another multiplayer yeah. solitaire yeah, game. David, or wa- David <laughs> yeah, wants yeah, uh, <laughs> wants meteors that he can send down and crush. Your I mean, you are competing yeah, over the the turn priority. Well, that's huge, right? Being turn first. priority, the the end game scoring cards that are there at the beginning. That of the is game. make or break. Well, yeah. but it's 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 not because you're looking over at somebody's board and saying they're gonna do this this. When turn, you're Matthew, you, you do. But that, that's Matthew, the thing you is, are, yeah. yeah, because all how you get those objectives is how you're building your infrastructure. So I can I look when I'm playing at my opponent's infrastructures and I know how many turns if they optimize, like it. Are they going to get that objective in two or three turns? Okay, they're probably going to get it in three. So I know I have two turns before I have to go after it to where I can do other things, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that's where I'm playing the game. You I'm think not- Matthew's going to let you get those sheep, David? Absolutely <laughs> not. Well, there's another game that I've not seen on the list that I'm thinking of that uh, does yeah. that a little bit better. Yeah. So we'll Ooh, see. Oh, well, speaking right. of David. Got number seven. All right. Well, so that was our what? Number nine? That was number nine. Oh, number fantastic game. Cities. So number eight is a game that... Would have made everybody's top 50 list, but it is not on one person's. And it is off that person's list because they love this game so much. They got a digital version and then lost so many times to the easy AI that they didn't (laughs) like this game anymore. It is Terra Mystica, not on Brady's list. Wow. Speak Um, of the devil. Number eight. It is number four on on Matthew's list. Number 48 on mine. Um, number 26 on Jacobs and number nine on Mr. David's. So, so sorry, this one is not on my list. It is not on your list. Because Brady, what bots. are you doing? Those bots. If we, we need, will you play Terra Nova? If I pick that up, uh, see if it re-engages like your love. My little site, but for Terra Mystica. So, okay. So this one, this is actually a game that probably because we play it so infrequently, yeah, um, I will never internalize. I, no, 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 no. I will never complain about somebody about us playing this game because sure. we rarely ever play it. Um, but I am just like embarrassingly bad at this game. I like it, but I, you know, in underwater cities, I talk about having to fight for my life. In this game, I feel like, you know, somebody handed me a stick and I don't even know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> the thing that I feel, I feel insecure about Terra Mystica and I like it. And obviously it's high on my top 50, but I feel insecure. I feel like everybody at the table knows what I should do except me. Right. Every time, yeah. every time I'm so, thinking, I'm like, they know exactly where I should put this piece. And because I didn't put it there, they're like just salivating. They're yeah, excited. I mean, this game dropped 37, 37 points on my list. So it was number 11 for me last year. Um, I'm but actually, we don't play. I'm, yeah. I'm slowly but surely uh, typing up my top 50. David did a great list. If you haven't seen it, he dropped a link on our Discord, but just kind of walking through all your 50 games, saying what you'd liked or didn't like about them. So as I was writing about Terra Mystica, I think it's a, it's a fantastic game. And it is a game that you can sit down from turn one and you're salivating being like, I can plan out my entire effectively almost game. Obviously you need to be able to maneuver when people move close to you, but um, the asymmetric factions are awesome. Like I don't have a lot of bad things to say about this. I think kind of, it's just, it is a brain burning game. I remember the first time I played it, I needed, <laughs> had a headache at the end of it, um, which is fine. And in repeat plays great. Like it's a good, challenging, thinky game. But I think honestly, what's dropped it so far down is that there are, are games of a similar weight. And I think almost specifically Lacerda's that I really enjoy that offer me that same kind of heavyweight challenge in a more appealing theme and package, um, maybe not the same level of interaction that you get in Terra Mystica where you want to be like just close enough to people, but not bad. But I think also Jacob, what you said about feeling like you did something and then being like, well, that was clearly the wrong move. And then you feel stuck. Um, I had Gaia project, which I don't think made at least the, this top part of our list. 
um, a little higher than Terramist to kind of my own personal top 50 because I like some of the spatial elements and what they did with the research it's track. It's a little but, more free. Um, Terra Mystica is absolutely a fantastic game. Like no yeah. no hesitation. It's top 10 for two people here. Um, just for me, I think there's some better looking games that are of similar weight that I enjoy more, which is just why it fell down and we don't play it a ton. Champion it for us, Matthew. Yeah, and I, I want to hear David too. Uh, this was number four on my list and um, any of my top three or four games on a given day could interchange, but this is a game that I absolutely love and adore. I don't have, since some of the changes they made with like the turn order structure with the expansions, I, I don't think I have any single criticism of this game. I feel like it, everything I love about board gaming, um, it just takes it and forces you to bring all your tools to the table. Uh, it has a perfect mixture of uh, player interaction to where you're just not like taking things and being spiteful to players, right? But it's so important about where you are and how you're placing yourself next to other people about building your engine, but just not, we always say it's not what you do, but it's when you do it, looking at your opponents, looking at your opponent's resources, knowing what they can do. Uh, do I go after and claim or terraform? I'm playing with a player shield every time I play against Matthew now. I'm getting a player. I'm just getting custom, <laughs> custom yeah, player shield. You'll never look at my player board again. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, because so much you, you it, it, the game is beautiful and the concept is you want to be close enough to people because you get some discounts in building if you're next to people. Yeah. Right. But if you're, uh, but if you're too close to people, then you can get, uh, ho you can get kind of encircled and yeah. then also people can be terraforming spots that like, which is land away spaces from what you want. away from what you want. And so, because uh, a lot of in game big bonuses are, are network type in-game bonuses they're all different but there's some form of, of, of giving you bonuses for connecting and creating networks and so it, it's yeah. this beautiful tension and then also knowing how to optimize your unique special ability um, there's a lot of different focuses you can focus on on trade you can focus on your priest on the cult track yeah i do think the cult track was a little more fleshed out in gaia, gaia project, project. Sure. i would say that was more interesting but i don't have any complaints with the way it is now I mean, that's a, you don't want to add even more complexity onto something like Terra Mystica if you don't hey, have to. Hey, David, have you played uh, Guy Project? I'm just curious. No, I haven't. I, I am really... Uh, the, the generic fantasy theme of Terra Mystica speaks to me more than the generic uh, space theme of uh, Gaia Project. Um, yeah. But I am really keen to to try that. And we should uh, boot that up on uh, BGA. That was The BGA implementation wasn't terrible. Um, it was actually the first time I played... Uh, Guy Project with Drew, uh, who's in our Discord, he absolutely walled me. But um, <laughs> I mean, Terra Mystica, I think it's it's a fantastic game. Yeah, uh, and the designer of, of Terra Mystica I saw at Gen Con yep, when we were there. Like, they were demoing kind of the Age of Innovation. Age of Innovation. Is that what it was? Age of the name? Something similar to that, but it's got yes. it's kind of the new successor. It, it it's not like it's not the Guy Project to um, Terra Mystica. It's kind of like the I don't even know if I would say it's like Great Western Trail Argentina to base Great Western Trail, but it, it's some basic core concepts, like some big things they change is uh, you can interchange powers. So powers aren't necessarily set yep. to a specific faction. Uh, so some customization there. There's a new type of building. It brings in a, a, maybe a little bit more fleshed out of a, of a cult tr a track system. Um, so for, this is a separate game from Terminus. So this is kind of be, is kind of, I guess you kind of call it a sequel. Okay. Right. So it's like Argentina. Yeah, I, Guy Project is the family, uh, but this is kind of keeping more with like the fantasy theme. Sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe slightly more modern. So we, you know, it's a couple some years into the future from Terra Mystica. So I'm I'm excited to try that out. Obviously, you know, they have Terra Nova, which is kind of the um, lighter version of the game, which I think is really smart. Kind of the family 
more family friendly game of it. I um, would not family family friendly light smooth brain version of Terra Mystica sounds appealing to me. Hey, I will pick up Terra Nova. Well, we need, we'll need to pick I've it heard up. some good things about Terra Nova, and you know what? I will say this: like, so the, my first two games of Terra Mystica, I hated absolutely like one hundred percent. I looked over at Jacob, and I'm like, they called this a stronghold. This is just a cube. <laughs> what is this thing? Yeah, but I if you stand headache. it up, then it becomes a road. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we may see that game down the line. Huh? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but what I will say is like. The only thing I think Gaia Project, from what I understand, scales better as far as like, you know, one to four. Whereas Terra Mystica, I kind of really only ever want to play at a, like a four player count, maybe five. Um, but Terra David, Mystica. David, you just, you just get so locked in on this player number thing. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. I don't I think, think I do, do because there's a lot of games that like if you play it at this player count, it really breaks the game. Where it's Correct. not fun. Whereas much four to, as if you play four to five you know, players is where you need to play Terra Mystica. At. I mean, imagine all the people that only have, you know, like they are only playing Scythe at two. How does that make you feel? Sad. Sad. Big sad. Okay, point, my point proven. So, um, with, <laughs> with that said, uh, Terra Mystica, I think, is just like, is once you understand, like, you don't have to score well in every round. You just got to pick that one yeah. or two rounds to score in well and then match that with your faction. Uh, I think that really opens it up. The the I was talking about the lack of interaction in Underwater City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Underwater City's Terra Mystica on the flip, hand, on the flip side, rather, just like is so wonderful with its interaction because you are yeah. i am looking at someone and i'm going to say i'm going to take that spot from you and the pain that just looks on their face when they realize yep. that one spot was so critical to their strategy and just everything crumbles i mean and sometimes you gotta learn to and i think the passing to me matthew didn't mention this and and, I'm, and i know this is a highlight for him too like the passing in this game that being such a strategic choice is one of my favorite things in all of board games and i would want i would like to propose a new year's resolution for the discussion phase i'm here for I would it like for us to play terra mystica on bga 10 maybe by like 10. once a month or something oh like yeah that. Well, let's and, get an uh, and try out on. these new fan factions because they are freaking bonkers yeah. i mean oh yeah we didn't mention that uh, they're supposed to be you know they they play Written testing up, right? these and then actually having a viable you know cardboard actual components for the fan factions mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of famous designers and stuff in the board game industry oh, yeah. had their hands on influencing and creating some of those factions. All right. Another high caliber game in the discussion phase. Top 10. Number eight, Terra Mystica. Mm. All right. Number seven is a new game to this list. Oh. oh. And it is a game that has inspired a great phrase that Brady. Here it is. Has coined. This is Castles of Burgundy. What? Oh, it is number eight on Brady's. Two points. Number 49 on Matthews. I regret everything. Number, or I'm sorry, six on Brady's. 49 <laughs> hey, on, on Matthews. I actually, six I put this on, on my list. Okay, six? Six on mine. Not on Jacobs. And 15th on Davis. This is one of my favorite games. I lo- it's good. Wait, and it's not on Matthews? Love this game. It is 49th on Matthews. Matthew. This is a stellar You put this in the game. top 10. You put this in the top 10. <laughs> you put this. I feel so you responsible. I apologize. <laughs> Are you surprised it's top 10? I, so Brady, Brady, let's step back. What was the phrase that uh, that you inspired? And tell us some of the background around Castle's So Burgundy. this game, worth. yeah. So if it's worth, basically, so I say if it's worth, if, like the short phrase is, is if it's worth playing for 40, it's worth playing for like 200 or whatever. 400. I thought you, you <laughs> no, were about well, the same, like, you know. 40, those, those dollar bills. Don't hold back on us, Brady. So yeah. Anyways, the the concept here is I have gotten uh, to the point in my board game 
collection to where only great game, like outstanding games make it into my collection at this point. And so what makes a game go from good to outstanding? It's got good gameplay, but it looks bad. Mm -hmm. So make it... Sundrop sheep. Sundrop sheep. Huge. Okay, actually, so this legit, we played Castles of Burgundy yesterday with my friends. Yeah. They are making so many quality of life changes with this new version. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, one of the things is the the yellow kind of special powers. Yeah. You got to look those up in the rule yeah, book. Yeah, you can only see it on the time. reverse side of the disc now or the Yes. Tile. So, you know, they have them right there on the back. Um, and there's a plethora of other uh, quality of life changes. Um, but yeah, and so this, I just, I love this type of game. It, this is going to fall right there with, sweet um, with Foundations of Rome for mm-hmm. me where... It was a good game, but now it's a good game that that everyone, when I pull that thing out, is going to go, what is this game? I right. want to play it. The Where new, before, when you looked at that cover, you looked at the back, they're like, Ugh. And honestly, yeah. what I'll say is that um, the the new deluxe edition is beautiful, but all of my plays, and I think I played this game 30 plus times this past year, we're all on BGA. Oh, that's right. And I while it looks, See, this is why well, I didn't looks, know about it. This yeah. Why, I didn't know. why it looks ugly, while it looks ugly on BGA, I would say it looks ugly. The snappiness of how good that goes, especially at like two players, if you're playing on BGA, I love it because you get right into the combos, you get into the drafting, you get your abilities, you can play a game in maybe 20 minutes tops. And so um, I just think the rules are pretty simple. But every game feels different because you got different distributions of the tiles coming out. You have different strategies you can go for. And I really love, you're talking about in you know underwater cities, how Matthew gigabrains by looking at other people's boards. If you're not looking at what your opponents are doing in this game, you're doing yourself a disservice because there's Absolutely. so much tightness that comes in. There's so much tense moments where you're like, I really need to get two more animals on this round to complete all my, you know, my animals. And then Matthew goes and takes your sheep and it doesn't really score him much, but he prevents mm-hmm. you from getting one of the bonuses or having a big scoring turn. So there's a lot of interaction there um, that I think is pretty positive because the other player can't necessarily like hurt you in terms of give you like negative points, but they can take turn order from you or they can take a tile that you yeah. might need. Um, and when when it starts getting like I played this yesterday and everybody was playing very friendly, um, and it and it can be that like when and that's one of the things that I love about it is you can play with just about anybody with this game, um, and like everyone had their own animals or whatever you know like one person had pigs one person and there was no like vicious going nah, for each other, not a chance. Um, not I like diversity, <laughs> but when you are playing, you know kind of competitively, ruthlessly, mercilessly, like Matthew likes to play. Um, you know, that first player token is so important. And if you are going some crazy animal strategy, which if you're playing with Matthew, you just don't do it. Um, then you, then either, yeah, then you got to go first player hardcore. I don't know that I love, I like this game. I'm, this is probably like, even more than Oathsworn at this point, like my most anticipated game of all time. I cannot wait to see all the 3D oh, yeah. components 
And how amazing my little... And then when we want to actually play a game that's quick and easy, we'll play my copy because I won't have to be fishing for little miniatures. The thing is, with with Castle Burgundy, I like it. I haven't fallen in love with it. Because you can't win. Well, it's on your 49. Oh, 49. So I like it. It's a top 50. But I just just haven't fallen in love with it. Maybe that will come with... We'll give him the next game and then it'll be uh, be good. There's no optimal (laughs) BGG strat. Right. The the one thing I do think the game really has going for it is the ability to modify your dice. Essentially, your ability to draft is yeah. dependent on the dice you roll, and it's still tight. And so, I think mm-hmm. that's great building strategy. Um, I guess the only I, sometimes I feel like some of those all the maps aren't made equal on how they're distributed, and so I don't know See, if that's we have true. the new version is coming with four of every map. Yeah. There's going to be like an insane amount, and that's of maps what I enjoy. So, BJ usually I'll play on BJ where each person has the same map, which yeah. is usually pretty makes it even more intense because. You don't know where other people start when you pick your starting location. That's kind of the only other thing. Yeah. But um, I do like balancing it with everyone having the same map. Because yeah. the last couple of times we played, I think we just randomly handed out maps or something like that. And I just felt like, I do feel like some fo- focuses in the game are stronger than others, what it, what it allows you to do. Um, so I don't, I, some maps. How many times have you played, Matthew? I played at least five. I played it before, sometimes before. I think I was the first one to mention it to Brady. I don't know if I was the first one to bring in the game. Oh, I played, played it. No, you played yeah, it. Yeah, like I would. I would times. disagree with like the map. The map thing. I think they're all for the most part yeah. pretty pretty balanced. Even if you have different boards, it just it means you're going to because go part of it there. is the players bounce it themselves. I think there's like one board that was apparently overpowered, Bam. and the game yeah. sometimes uh, felt like it that. was maybe like we've mentioned before, maybe like a round or one of those last phases. Just you know, one I too actually long. still feel that way. I was. As we were playing it yesterday, I was like, how do you just make this game a little bit shorter? So there are, I believe it's it's six rounds, each with five sub-rounds in it or whatever. What I would do is just like reverse that. So make it where you play one major round shorter, but each one of them is one longer, I think. And I don't know, that man, because like... When I'm when I'm nearing the end, I feel like I really want an extra turn or two. Really, John? I feel I don't the know if you complete feel opposite. Way. I I feel like that last round. I think I just, um, I'm like it, I've already it, done it what I need some, to do. Some games can be feast, some games can be famine. I think there's definitely some games where I'm like, if I had one more turn to place another city tile out, I could have gotten my, you know, full bonus. I I, I don't really get the feeling of oh, I wish I had one less turn because I. I like being able to complete what I'm trying to complete. Sometimes I think the tension is good of having to choose between one or two, but sometimes I feel like if you cut off a whole turn or a whole round at the end, you would kind of be left like halfway through and it wouldn't feel very satisfying. I like being able to get, you know, those trophies at the end and, and have kind of the planning from the first four rounds pay off. I think yeah. Brady and I, we I, at least I really enjoy feeling like you can't do everything. Yeah. But I don't I, think I you think. can do everything because you've never, yeah, you're I never going to play a like game of Castle's Burnley where you fill your entire map. I mean, I don't, think you can do yeah i don't i don't think you can do everything like this massive word everything but i feel like a lot of times i'm like oh i did everything i wanted to do that's fair like you know like i I achieved my and that can be satisfying to me at least but But this game has room to grow for me it will because when that Oh, it's going, to, it is going straight in. to number one. Oh, it's going to be I, so uh, good. I'm going to get my wife hooked on it too. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, this is Sam's number. I, I'm like, this is definitely Sam's number one game. As she does, when your not wife's telling playing, you to buy a game and buy the blinged out version of it, you, you got to send it, man. Just you, just, you don't ask. Pull out that yeah. credit card. I don't know what I'm going to do with my old copy. I think I'm just going to like sacrifice it to the like as a blood offering. There you go. Hey, just put it up for trade. Yeah, but nobody's going to want it with the new copy out. 
anyways. Brady, I am biased towards games I own, so you can just pawn it, just give it to me, and then maybe yeah, there you go. That's, there I you played go. it once. That's why I mean, I'll it just give you a good deal, and then your your friend price. Yeah, well, then you will just be. Yeah, how many times have we played Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, you can't yeah, pass yeah, up a good deal. I can't deal. pass up a good deal. Best deals are free. Uh, I played it once. It was I was the it was my I was the only new player at the table. Everybody else had played. Um, I felt like it went too long. I definitely has room to grow, but I didn't love my first play. How many times did you play at Jacob? Castle Burgundy. Oh. Did you play I think with there me? Were five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that is our number seven game, The Castles of Burgundy. All right. Number six, Ooh. Matthew. You're gonna you're gonna like this one, Matthew. Don't worry, it's coming up roses for you. Um, Pax Premier Second Edition. Jeez. So this Be was still not my ever beating. This was That's not on Brady's list. This was number two on Matthew's list. Holy wow. cow! Forty three on mine, twenty five on Jacobs, and number five on David's. Matthew, your second. Don't give me a holy cow, David. It's your number five of all. <laughs> holy cow! You put tell, it that high. Tell the people why Pax Premier has just Although shot. Don't speak, it was. Don't speak. Uh, it was comprehensively because we've talked a lot about this game. It was 12 on your list last year. It's up from 38. Give to me the short six. version of why you love it. It was on my list last year? Yeah, it was. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, the past couple plays that we've had of this game have been just pure joy. Like somebody last, you know, does this game bring you joy? Does it bring joy into your life? It's, it's a pack style game. We've talked about the card system. I call it kind of a mini little sandbox, but the dynamics and the open. The openness, but still structure that the game gives you to create and make things happen, I think is is fantastic. Um, the conversations, the deliberations, the debates, the the alliances, the betrayal that can happen in the game, uh, the tension. Someone could literally be in dead last and still have a viable path to victory. The last game we played, everyone at the very end of the game had a actual viable path to victory if certain things happened the way they needed them to. Um, I just think it, it's it's fantastic from building your tableau uh, to building out your infrastructure. And there's so many different strategies. Do you go for an economic uh, strategy? Do you go for a strategy where you build up a tableau to be able to betray a lot of people, do assassinations, sabotage? Um, do you build up strength and influence on the board so you're kind of controlling what can and can't play be played? Um, it's just a game that allows the players to make what they want out of it. So I can understand why someone absolutely just would not enjoy this game would hate it it would be any interest but the game allows you similar to probably another game by this designer who's Cole is going to be on this top 10 the game allows you to get as much out of it as you're willing to put into it um and so it just it just brings pure joy and i get excited every time we've played it and i look forward to playing it more yeah i think this is a, a fantastic game um i've only played it once or twice so that's why it's low on my list but i see it rising with more plays I, I, I had a hard time getting over some of the restrictions around playing cards, um, but depending on your allegiance, right? If you have a hand of cards that you don't necessarily uh, want to play because it'll change your allegiance and other things, I got a little frustrated, you know, with how some of that worked. But at the end of the day, great design. I think it created some fun moments on the table. Um, look forward to playing it's it. It's better again. with H. It's again, it, it, yeah. One of the things that you got to you gotta tell people is not to be married to your cards because there's one yeah. thing that people don't like is yeah. to have a cool card that they just played and then in the next turn it gets yoinked yeah you're right and you just have to really tell people like do not be married to your cards i promise you another cool card will come up and it might even be a good thing that you didn't have that one in your tableau anymore but i think pax mirrors like 
to me such a beautiful game. There's a little bit some rules that are kind of clunky with like the like the taxation and then like the relationship between the tribes and the board versus the uh, political cards in your um, tableau. But I mean, overall, I just again, there isn't any other game. Well, I wouldn't say there's not any other game like it's, it's part of a series, but as I wouldn't teach anyone. I wouldn't just teach anybody Pax Renaissance um, or even Porphyriana, but I think Pamir is like a good entry to the series. It's And I think the history is so interesting. It's so interesting. Uh, even though it's just flavor text on cards, um, you got the super thematic mechanism where if it's an army, you stand it up to the block, <laughs> and, it, and if it's a road, you put it on the side. Hey, it's really great. Um, oh, my gosh. Pax Pamir. Okay. Number two, Solomon. Matthew. Number two. Okay. All right. Here, I'm gonna just lob it up for me because we're about to smack it down here. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, so I think for me, this game, I think we have gotten to a point where Pax Premier really gets out of the way. The rules get out of the way, and we can play the game. But it has taken a long time to get there. Several plays, yes. Several plays, and I think that is the reason why I didn't make my list. You know, I love to introduce games. I could not reasonably introduce this to anyone outside of, of you all. No. Um, and yeah, it, there's just, there was so many, so many fiddly things. I just, the, I think the first time we played, I just had almost no idea what I was doing. And you won, I think too. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I, I can't remember, but um, the, yeah, but that, I think that's about it for that's me. About it. That's all you need <laughs> to say. Other than that, it, it it you know like they, I think, while I don't necessarily love the like aesthetics and components of the game, I kind of get why they're there. It looks sure. a little more. Um, I think it's gorgeous. In line with the time. In period. line with the time period or the the geographical location that it's based in. Um, so, you know, I'm not docking like so many points for that because I kind sure. of get it. But, um, yeah, I, I would prefer things that I guess maybe looked a little more intuitive to the game rather than like just that's the squares or whatever. Yeah, it, it definitely. I think that's a great point. Uh, it takes a while to get over that rules hump. But once it does, it's a it's a game. And I think that's where I'm at. I'm kind of at the point where I'm trying to get over that kind of rules barrier and kind of the mm-hmm. learning barrier. And then the game should be a good sandbox yeah and what it uh, allows me to do is one of my my i think the purest form of what i enjoy in gaming is multiplayer competitive to where like if you do form teams essentially they're not always going to be binding but you align yourself with a certain one of the three factions in the game and get all right we're working together how are we going to work together against Mm -hmm. afghan or against russia or against uh, the british uh, alliances and so it allows you to have that somewhat untrusting cooperative play and working together, but then you're like, are they going to betray me, or do I take the opportunity to betray them first? Yeah, and what I love is that there are no, you know, promissory notes or any of that right. stuff. Like, it is just because we are trusting each other, because we can help each other, but there is nothing keeping us in this Nothing alliance. binding. Um, you know, I'm not taking any sort of penalty by attacking <laughs> you or whatever. I hate that kind of stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah fan- fantastic. You said it was we number six. 
Pax Porphyriana and Pax Renaissance, Pax Renaissance this year, I think. Pax uh, Viking as well. John, John uh, Company. That one can go away. John, that Matthew, go you're away. not. Yeah, no yeah. one was on the Max <laughs> Viking board. John, Com- John Company hey. is the other Cole Worley game you're talking about on top five, right? Yes, sir. Maybe Matthew <laughs> <laughs> tried to rig it. But, Negative. Um, that is number six, Pax Premier Second Edition. Number five. Number five is a game that some people has have said has been killed this past oh, year. Great. Here it is. They said it's been decimated. Buddy but Kingdom. The discussion phase. <laughs> Keeping it alive, dude. Resolute. Um, that game is terraforming Mars oh, at oh. number five. So number five. Um, absolutely, people said Ark Nova's replaced this game. We uh, were actually talking to the Discord today about it's it. One point. Um, we got called higher. out for our hate of Ark Nova, which hate is a yes. strong word. But I, 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 I want to respond to that. I don't enjoy playing the game. Wait, what was the hate? Well, they were, they were. If you'd have been on the Discord, yeah, listen, Josh yeah, Banks, when you were not talking about Ark Nova, we've talked about Ark Nova a bunch. In I was just going to make one comment to him and, and say, I think the reason why our frustration with Ark Nova seems so intense is because our hope for what the game could be was really, really high. It was really. And, I mean, and so you, you, get, you're telling me it's Rajas of the Ganges, Tom Vassal's number one, and Terraforming Mars, and Terraforming Mars, and I'm. The expectations are through the roof. All right, so I I didn't even get to whose list this was on. I was just going to say, real quick, my analogy, and and I don't think the game is bad. I'm sorry, John, just real quick. You have the expectation of your, someone, you got a Corvette or you got a Ferrari, right? Awesome car, it's decked out, it's got all the features you want, but when you get in it, you can only go 65 miles an hour or something like that. It's capped. It's like the first, it's a cool car, but the frustration about its limitations of its potential causes you to have more disdain for and, it and i think and probably maybe it, i'm it learning deserves but for some people though they don't want that wide open space to create like so i think for some people and we're talking about like the card just the having card to management. deal with the cards that they get and kind of play with what they have it's probably a fantastic game for some people i think it's a little light or needs a few more tweaks to make it a game we really love but a game we do clearly really love is terraforming mars it is 37 on brady's number six on matthew's number two on mine and number 18 on Jacob. So we played Terraforming Mars recently. It had been quite a while. Um, Wait, sorry. Was this on David's? It is not on David's list. Yeah. David is David. a well-known a hater, a oh, hater no, 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 no. of Terraforming listen, Mars. Listen, let me tell you something. Linda, Ark Nova Linda, made listen. me love Terraforming Mars more. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did? Ark Nova. Ark, Ark Nova, Nova made so, me love Terraforming Mars more. And I was like, to me, Terraforming Mars feels like it's like a comfort game. It's like, all oh, right, yeah. we're going to be in this for like two 45 hours. minutes. Yeah, you see those dogs? The dogs and the, the pets. The pets. That's so comforting. Yeah. You start putting out your uh, your cues. We do not play this in forty five minutes. I, it feels like forty five no, minutes. That's how much no. fun it, it flies by. Yeah, there's no way this is a four. This is not even Castles close to a forty five. This is minimum ninety minutes. I absolutely have minimum ninety. But it does. You're right, John. It always feels like it goes by because yeah. you're loving every minute of it. And and this is a game to me. I think. Obviously, two caveats, and I don't really even count them as caveats. So, playing with the prelude expansion, and we also play with drafting, right? Colonies. Um, no, I will <laughs> say caveat for me. Caveat for me. We play with Big like bucks. the most deluxified Tiles. copy, oh, yeah. and this is this again falls into that category. A little painted you rover. Could, you could get this game for the drafting forty dollars, forty bucks, drafting. forty bucks. But right. um, it's big. But I, I legitimately would not want to play that copy. I would play any other game. Than like the base box of yeah, unupgraded the, pieces. The 3D tiles really did make it more fun somehow. <laughs> it made it more made fun. It, more it fun made it way play. more practical. Like Functional. having the the yeah, you just pop it out. The well, the inset or inlay board or whatever that makes it a million times better. Um, yeah, th- I agree with David. This one is higher up on my list. It's a comfort game. Never really going to complain about playing this game, but. 
I do feel like some games, if I'm getting the right cards, if I'm getting the right drafts, I'm on fire. And then sometimes I just feel like, well, I just, I'm not putting something together here and I'm just kind of behind. So it is way better than Ark Nova um, and plays a lot faster and it's less complicated, all that kind of stuff. And like so you have a shared why. board that like you're fighting yeah, oh, yeah. spots True. with, like not yeah. your own little independent. It's not my little terraforming Mars on my own little player right. board. You're not yeah, everyone's yeah. terraforming their is that own what you're planet. calling Ark Nova? And the only criticism I have Yikes. in Terraforming Mars, it's not that there's some take that cards. It's it's when those take that cards are improperly targeted on the wrong player. It just chaps that, my that, thighs. That is always you. You are it always the wrong you. player. Not always me, but when you place it on someone who's not in first place or by looking at their player board is a reasonably good position. Well, I just actually, don't understand I do, it. I do like, and you know, maybe we can even house rule that is you... Um, like in Arc Nova, you, you know, you couldn't target people that are so far behind you or mm-hmm. whatever on certain tracks. That would be a fantastic rule in Terraforming Mars. Uh, somehow, you can't you can use no, those. no, 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 no. This isn't nice Terraforming. I think uh, I think nice the Terraforming Mars, Mars events have a have a purpose for yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that's literally just a minor. Also, too, I've heard I've heard some people complaining about they don't think the quality of that insert in the big box is very good. I've been seeing some people on great. some forums. I think it's really good. I think it's fantastic. Some people need to get over um, it for it. But yeah, it. but the but the the engine building. Is, is fantastic. These are cards that you played that are persistent and are important, not only for the tags, but the, for their ongoing benefits, not to your engine, yeah. but then you can trigger them over and over. Mm-hmm. That was maybe one little thing where Underwater Cities is lower on my list than Terraforming Mars is because I don't feel like that persistent card value as much in Underwater Cities. I know these two games get compared a lot. To me, they're entirely different. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it just feels just like we're, we're living and building and breathing in this world when we're playing it. And it is a fight and it's a struggle. And sometimes you feel like you, you can't possibly win. And then you, you, you get really close or maybe even win it. Like you, there's always a chance if you're in this game, if you kind of set yourself up for it. Yeah. There's two so. things about terraforming Mars that make it a really good game. Number one is the 3d atomic explosion. Seeing that put on the board <laughs> fantastic. is fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and then the second thing is the penguins card. If you get that penguin card early, you better be sure you play that. And I want to see a planet. I want to see Mars Overpopulated with penguins. <laughs> if you do that, you won the game. Doesn't matter species. where your score yeah, marker is. You won the game. We need the castles of Burgundy, uh, penguin, Sundrop penguins uh, to hey. come into Terraforming Mars. Love it. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I really don't see this game dropping. No, this, is, this is a mainstay. I feel like on my list anymore. Yeah. I don't I see. Don't it, think I, it will I ever break of, my top fifteen yeah. again. It was last well, year. What is our thoughts on the expansions? We haven't played them. Prelude is a must. I, the other ones. I honestly would. I, I almost would take colonies over prelude. No way. No, 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 no. no you yeah, would. You would. Get out. You would. The doors over there. That's a trash take. That's worse than too many bones take. Right. There. I <laughs> think the colonies <laughs> add the thematic flavor and flexibility that I long for when I don't play with them. But you don't need to engage. It's with too it much flexibility. It's like flavor. anything can become. You're, you're literally else. we're on Mars, but we're how are we getting converting our resources is taking our ships and flying to fellow moons. And, and trading and converting those resources, or we can build outposts that gives us passive benefits if other players go and interact with it. And so it's like predicting what other people are going to need, building, investing in it early, and then it pays out later. And so I enjoy that kind of like early upfront cost and predicting that correctly and getting a lot of residual benefits I just from think, it. I think that card stack is so juicy with just base game, give me prelude. Honestly, I mean, drafting we've all and, had games where you just had so much heat. You had nothing to do with it because it's been heat is always maxed out. And first. you predicted it wrong. You right? had a bunch of titanium or steel. And you don't have anything to do with it. 
or whatever it may be, and you just get stuck with these resources. But the colonies allows you to, to trade them in for something yeah. else. I just make, think it makes it too willy-nilly. It's like, oh, oh, I can just convert any resource into any other resource whenever I want. It, no, but it, there's cost to do that, though. It's not just mm -hmm. a free go and trade. Oh, you have to invest. You have trade. to get your ships. You have to go and do All right, Matthew, do next time, we'll all play with Prelude. You don't play with Prelude, but you can play with all the colonies. Yeah. There you go. No, 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 no. All right. Send one ship a turn. Well, that's, that's set. Um, that is our number five. We're in top five territory. Now. I thought that one was going to be higher. Terraforming Mars. It was number three last year. It dropped off I'm, of David's I, list. And my guess was that it would be. Uh, David, it's completely off your list. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah if they played good four. at two, I'd, I'd probably have it up there. I mean, and again, like Scythe, this is probably one of those games that like I kind of don't want to buy, but I probably have to buy because like the people around me should have the opportunity to play Terraforming Mars. Like, I would love to show them Pax Pamir. I want to show them John Company, but I can't do that. So here you go, Terraforming Mars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, no, number four is also a game that was almost killed this year. We were getting a little worried at Pax Unplugged when Brady brought out Bunny Kingdom. <laughs> that this game was going to be killed. It's not on my watch. Yeah, but it turns out that that was a uh, terrible comparison. And number four is Blood Rage. All right. A game that is Should on two people's number one list. Should be higher. There it is go, one Jacob. on Brady's. It is 11 on Matthew's, three on mine, one on Jacob's, and uh, Mr. Right. Velasquez. Where's the mute button? It is David not out of on David's list. Oh. That is yeah. the only thing keeping Complain it from Complain that this one on is this. a multiplayer solitaire, David. Good yeah, riddance. Um, All right, Blood Rage. Wait, one of y'all number one. Hang on. It's 11 on yours? I, I, I thought it was going to be that like down way six. higher. because you. There's only six last year. I feel like Jacob and I regularly ask to play Blood Rage, and you are the only one who's like, no, let's play something else. You, are you, you forget so I have played mad. over 50, this game well I mean, over 50 I, times. I, I get that. What, so what why is it still is your 11? He because it's still a fantastic the game. strategy and doesn't even enjoy doing it. That's the <laughs> okay. worst part. This is, this is a, this is this is a ten out of ten type quality game, but I I don't get the excitement for it that I do other games that I put higher like a Terraforming Mars. Or He's Pac like a heroin addict who can't up his dosage. You know? <laughs> yes, thank you, David. Thank you. There is there is no more. When we met Eric Lang. There is no. I still haven't washed the spot the spot on my back where he touched. It's still right there. There's no he did confirm. He did confirm <laughs> that there is more blood rage yeah. stuff uh, in the works. Wait, and what was it on your list? It is number three on mine behind number Terraforming three. Mars. This, is, and, uh, this one. also surprises me because I feel I like love this game. Jacob and I are constantly asking to play it and I will no one else wants play to play it. Rage. I'll play it right now. Why? Well, I, I was going back to David's drug Jacob. reference is I agree with him. Because there's no more blood rage crack that I could possibly put up my nose or something. So like drop that. it on the list. What's it doing at eleven? If it if you no, don't want to no, play no. it, drop it. But it's a great game. I just yeah. no, I'm not saying I don't want to play it. But there are other games that I am excited my about experiencing more. All right. So blood rage to me, what it is is a five. If if Inish is a ten on the interaction scale, and Ark Nova. Is, is the one. There's probably a better one out there. Um, I feel like Blood Rage is the perfect way in interaction. That that is It is the five. I feel like I can properly prepare um, against people trying to yoink my chain on everything. Um, so much like reading and what the other person is going to do. Timing. Reading. Out. A lot of times I feel like if I got just absolutely demolished in something, which I did in that famous oh, thing we so don't speak of anymore Ixacil, then baby. yeah <laughs> then i feel Ixacil. like it is my fault like if and, and a lot of times at the end of the game i'm making a big move 
And it's like, if I win this, I win the game. If I don't, I don't. And I probably come in last and I am okay with that. Like I, I get that it's huge. And that's why I just, I love it. I love the, the, even though the combat is very like kind of very simple, I feel like there's mm-hmm. so many mind games to it that it elevates oh, it yeah. above Ankh and above Rising Sun. Rising Sun feels more complicated, but it really just feels like you're playing a blind paper, rock, scissors match um, and kind of hoping you guess right. Where with Blood Rage, it's kind of like you know what's out there. They really only have one option, um, you know, they're, or they're only playing one card. They don't have five options in front of them that they can do multiples of and all that kind of stuff. Ankh's combat is just boring. Um <laughs> And yeah, so f- to me, this this is still the king of the three. There, yeah. um, I I've, I have a fully painted copy. Ooh. All right, Jacob, it's, it's, so good. it's your number one. Blood Rage. Come on, I mean, it's it's. I will always play Blood Rage, and I think it. What and it, it plays does, fast. Yeah, it, it plays, plays fast. fast, and it's it's. I don't know. It's elegant. Like it's simple. It, it for it's simple for a gamer. It's I mean, clean. It's, yeah. it might yeah, might yeah. not be elegant, but it's clean. clean. I just mean it's like easy uh, for yeah. me. It's just easy to bring to the table. It's yep. like even with those miniatures, I mean, it still Bring it takes out, set it up, not a ton of time to set up. In and jump into it. You start waging war. Everybody puts their leader out in whatever province they want, and then you start and it taking just begins, man. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really does. Like, like, very few. So, you know, when I get that first draft of cards, I'm telling you, my heart is just beating <laughs> out of my chest. Where I'm like, it all comes down to your very first pick. That yep. very first pick, I'm like, because I'm like, what strategy am I going for? Because it is starting right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then that first... Um, you know, placing your leader, you are drawing everyone with that placement is just drawing lines in the sand. It's like, like where is everybody? Turn order go? is so important too because maybe the first player thinks that they can get the best spot, but really being last in turn order isn't a terrible thing because you can see how the boards developed and see if other people play different cards. Being, I mean, the, being third in turn order on the very first round is first, the best spot. First in the third. Turn, it, you get first in the last so round. it is, but I mean, other players just have to know, hey, this person has... They're going to have a benefit. Has, and, and you uh, just yeah. have to prepare for that. I mean, you just yeah. can't leave the board open or whatever. Fantastic game. I remember uh, this was the second game I ever played with you all. Um, the first was... Yeah, Cham- you loved the Norse the, mythology. The first was Champions of Midgard. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I was yeah. sitting there being like... This is the greatest game about Vikings <laughs> that has ever been made. And then I came back next week and y'all blood put rage Blood out. Rage out on the table. And I was like, this is, this the, is greatest. the greatest game about. And oh man, since then, I absolutely love this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, David, I think I'm in double digit plays already. David, I don't even David, know if you want to hop in all here. All he's going to say is he thinks there's the too many archetypes that yeah. you wait, draft, wait, 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 that everyone wait, wait, wait. drafts on, every on, time. David, what, what actually is your complaint? Because you usually complain about multiplayer solitaire. I get that it's, you know, it's got miniatures, it's a little more of a lavish production. But what are some of your main criticisms? Well, listen. Look, I, I, I like <clears throat> I like miniatures as well. Um, I mean, I'm probably gonna get Oathsworn or um, ISS Vanguard. I'll probably pick those up. But here's the thing, and I wish Stephen was here. Our good friend, our good friend Stephen, um, who would totally back me up on this, and he'd probably do a better job of describing it. But I think to me, Blood Rage is a Euro game disguised as a dudes on a map game. Sounds great. Is, What's, yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds great. great. What's the problem? Uh, all right. Well, the, the, the case closed. Here we go. Um, so my, I guess my thing with Blood Rage is, 
and I've not played nearly as many times as you guys. Um, I'm currently playing a game on BGA, and I'm absolutely getting destroyed. Um, so there may be, my, that might be a little factor as well. It took me uh, famously about maybe three or four games to even cross the 100 mark. Oh, sir. A lot of nights on the couch. And that's right. And Sam, I left, and Sam said, if you're playing Blood Rage tonight, if you don't get to 100 points, <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> so... And I did make a hundred thing. I didn't win, not even close. I think Matthew probably had like two hundred and thirty something that game. But if you haven't passed three hundred points in Blood Rage, you gotta put woo. in the reps. <laughs> I guess just my thing is like each time I've played, I see, I see the same like like what Brady said. This card is going to determine what strategy I play out. And so rather than like the board state, like Inish, rather than the board state determining what cards are valuable to you it seems to me like instead it is the cards that are valuable valuable to you and then that will determine the board state and i to me i that bothers you now i could be totally off maybe i am but that is how i feel in the games that i've played and you're saying that's a thing that that bothers you right like in my mind i guess it's kind of like one way or the other right one thing is going to determine the other whether it's how the board is going to affect how i draft or how I draft is going to affect how the board. I don't think, I don't feel well, like because it's systematic. The board state, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't feel like it's systematic in that if we have, if say we all played Blood Rage and we all have the same hand and we all played it three times in a row, I don't think the, the game would play out the same way every time. So I guess that's where I like, I don't have as big an issue with like, even if an archetype has you play a certain way, the game's not going to play out the same way on the board. I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, well, I, I guess I don't see how what you. There's said. A, there's I agree a, with real quick. I I agree with you, David, because my decisions on how I put troops on the board is based on the cards that I drafted in my hand right. and how I need to use them. Is that why you're? Yeah, like it's not necessarily a response to like how your opponents are playing. Like there is some factor of it, but it's more so like there are these cards. I need to draft. Like I have this card. In the next stage, I need to make sure that I'm drafting either this card or that card. In the, in the following age, I need to make sure I'm drafting these cards and that card, that sort of thing. Um, now, obviously, there's the tactical decisions of like, if the person before you doesn't give you that card, then what you do? What do you do? And I think, you know, and this might like go back to my great Western trail beef. It's like, you know, you can go online, you'll see the, the BGG optimal strat. Here's the tier list of cards. Here's what you do. And so like, you know, to me, that just, it, it, it bugs me that that, is there and and so you'll see i don't know to me like you'll see what you guys just said about like matthew for example like my, my man plays the loki strategy and doesn't even like doesn't even enjoy it it's just like one of those things like you know i cannot turn away an opportunity to win the game well what i will say david i will say when i very first started playing blood rage the, the friends that i were playing with had the same frustrations we would see a card that's powerful they would literally say we need to get rid of the card from the game it's too powerful. But then the next time we play, then we found a card. Now this card's too powerful. We got to get rid of yeah, it. Yeah. But the thing there's is, only one card in the game that I think is like is the only is the only powerful card. And then the only one that I want to get rid of is one in a four player game. One copy of Loki's Trickery, just for not necessarily because it's so powerful to help your mind be at peace. A little bit of that, but just because <laughs> I just logistically, I don't think it it quite works out. Yeah, but what I will, I will say is that I don't think there is any strategy in the game that can't be beat or countered because there is still enough flexibility with mm -hmm. everyone else working together. Because I, as everyone says, you know, if I lose a game, the very first thing I look at, well, how did the game get one over on me? I've never felt like I've lost a game of Blood Rage because of what the game did to me or didn't let me do. Yeah, and, and, so and there is, you know, that you were kind of talking about 
the tension behind do I draft the good cards or do I draft, you know, based off of the board state. And I think there is that pit, that that tension there um, because there are games that I have pivoted. You know, you go in with one strategy, either the either it's not quite working out, you're not getting the cards you want, or the board state is providing better opportunities elsewhere. And sure. so you're just like, okay, well, I'm kind of 180 on this and, and pivoting yeah. to something because else. Because too, all the clan upgrade stats are not always on the board in the same ratio. Some games, some games are going to be very rage- uh, poor because there's yeah. just there's yeah. one rage upgrade on the board and then it got taken out the very first Ragnarok and now we just got horns for battle and troops yeah. and so now I have to prioritize cards that either and don't quests. cost me quests yeah. or I have to prioritize units that don't cost me points to put onto the board mm-hmm. the one thing that I think I, I really want to see even more than just like a standalone sequel to this game is a couple <laughs> little things maybe one a new map that kind of changes how we focus on different areas Second thing is I wish there was more interaction or interesting things you could do with your ships, either unique abilities or powers, and you can use that to move around the board, influence thing. I think something more with the ships, because right now the way it's played is you place them into a fjord, they're they stuck stay, there until they die yeah. from combat yeah, that's or super boring too. I like, do that's think, a snooze fest. Yeah, I do think there's is some kind of movement, traveling type thing, because um, I really enjoy like the movement in, in uh, Cyclades. I really enjoy that. And then the other thing that I think- You mean Cyclades? <laughs> Cyclades, Cyclades. Um, is something new or refreshing. Not that the cards are bad or there's anything broken, but you know what? one thing that Rising Sun does do interestingly is that it has a core deck, which I think is really important, but then it has different quote-unquote season kind of cards. Sure. So you can choose, do I want a more diplomacy game? Do I want more of a engine-building game? Yeah. Do I want more of just attack-focused game? Uh, the same way you can do now with Scythe, do you want more of a uh, negotiating yeah. diplomacy game? Do you want more game that rewards heavy combat? Having something like that to where you can kind of cycle your focus of play, I think would be really interesting too is some new kind of card decks that you can put in there. Um, and that's really just kind of spice spice agree, things yeah. up. That could be easy. That, I mean, other than like Listen, balancing and play testing, that'd be an easy expansion. As it, as it yeah, stands to me, Ankh right now is like probably the most that appeals to me because it's absolutely 100% about the board state. Uh, and being able to read the board state and cleverly manipulate that. So to me, that sounds more the most interesting. Rising Sun, throw that in the trash. It's not oh, good. Um, <laughs> I agree with you. Blood Rage, it's a Euro game, really, game. with like and some combat, it. maybe kind of dudes on the map sprinkled in there. You want a game that lets you fight, and oh, like you great. win because oh, you're fighting. Let me goes. bring it up. Starts with a K, oh. ends with Emmet, and it is oh, very good. Great. And I think the Fantastic combat system game. is even yes, better. Sir. You get to craft race symmetry over the course of the game. And the combat, something remind me, when you when you go to fight, you play a card, but then you must also discard a card. Is that yes, correct? Sir. Correct. Yes. Oh my Secretly. gosh, that's so good. That's so good. But uh, when I, I it's okay. To, I thought you were about to say Cthulhu Wars. Oh no, 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 Matthew, no, no, no. we can't get it. Kim, it is okay. I can't do this with you right now. It's okay. Well, well, Kim, it will be a future episode. Right. Uh, unfortunately, Jacob. Um, Jacob, this, you're not going to say Kim, it is better than Blood Rage, are you? No, no. Okay, thank you. They're both in my top five. Blood Rage was our number four. Our number three game. I think is, I'm like missing something. Is probably the most divisive pick on this. Uh, oh, I mean, I it's, can't it's, wait. it's very sad Give that me. this game is where it is. And that is Root. Oh, no. What Root, happened? our, our longest was... running number one game as a group, was not <laughs> on Brady's list. It was oh. number one on mine, number one on Matthew's, number three on Jacob's, and number two on David's. Oh, how? All right, Brady, go well, ahead. I'm, I'm confused, though. John, that a game that highly on four out of five of our lists still didn't make 
Top one or two. The next the two games are on all five of our lists. And highly. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, Brady, I think um, Do I, I can't wait to see Bullet Heart on number one. This would be great. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right. Okay. So you've, you've been preparing for this moment. I will give Root credit where credit is due. It's probably the one that I just agonized the most on where to put on the list. It was the same thing last year, and it's the same thing this year. We had just before we kind of we started the top 50 we played a game of root and it just made the group everyone bitter and i i walked away bitter from that game that brady sent you john yeah i got a i got a text that said john was take take root off my list replace it with uh grim forest (laughs) i can't have a game on my list that makes me Bitter to my friends. Is that serious, yeah. Brady? If yeah. it was on his list at forty, where it was before, it would have been our yeah. number one game. So it wasn't. It wasn't high up on the list to begin with. I had I had dropped it down forty after that play. Yeah, I was just like going home, and I'm like, I don't like this. Like, I don't like the way I feel right now. Like leaving my friends and being like, that was a terrible game. But it night. made you feel, Brady. I will say I, that is the that is the one take you've had on route that I respect the most. Oh yeah, I, all your I respect takes. it. No, no, no. I I do. Yeah, I do kind of, like I do like the game. I will play it, but yeah, there there are just moments in the game where I don't know. We just get way too intense about it, and yeah, and like when I leave the game night, going like, yeah, book of grudges. Like I'd I feel rather like, had not of, gone than yeah. Like I feel I can't like put that I, game I feel like that in the moment sometimes, and that's created a lot of memories. But at the same time, I feel like the second we get off the couch or the table and go sit on the couch and play. Smash like I, I I've never thought about a game the, as oh, a that continues. last game that last game played um, right into Smash Brothers. <laughs> but but um, Smash, it was the, this was game over. just I mean it's my it's my favorite game of all times. Uh, it, it's got the most memories with this group. Um, I don't know. There's just not something I don't like about this game. Um, talked extensively about Root. Absolutely. Root. The most recent expansion has probably not been the most exciting thing, I think, collectively. The hirelings I could do without, I'm over honestly. The um, but I'm, I still think even adding those two factions in. Um, and I do enjoy the kind of the landmark, the interesting little locations, giving some different value, but it doesn't like change up the core gameplay. I I think this, this game makes me feel, it doesn't have like the mechanic kind of intensity of, of Terra Mystica or, or Terraforming Mars, but this game just makes me feel alive, uh, when you're playing it. Like, yeah, you're going to have those moments where you just feel just utter, just mind melting confusion. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening to me? And then you have just moments where you just you're the king of the woodland, you know, realm, and you're doing fantastic. Um, and again, what I say with a lot of games is this, this game has allows you as the players to change things on the board if you work together in that moment, right? So it can be way out in the lead, but like we choose, we create the balance in the game. You know, obviously that takes a lot of plays, playing with the same people over and over. But the game allows you to balance it out, balance the meta. Do you think there's yeah. a faction that's overpowered? You all get to choose how you interact with it, and then yeah, the ability to it, drafting to me, factions. It just the that last play felt like we took the board off the table, threw it in, and then just argued about who should win the game. Like, and we just were like, "But I'm been a better person this year. But Matthew sucks. But Jacob's vindictive. You didn't and we get just the charity like, at Christmas yeah. time, you know? Exactly. And yeah, I don't know when. Like, it just this feels like the most personal game that we play where it's like, <laughs> that's, like that's I don't true. want you and to I think win it just bothers because you more than it bothers I don't want us. John to win, not the birds, not anything. I don't want John to win. Man. And yeah, that's where it, it yeah. falls short for me. That's fair. But I mean, 
absolutely fantastic design, yeah, fantastic game. It. I got mine autographed by both Curl. 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 Yeah. Curl. 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 and Patrick Leader at Gen Con. Um, Matthew and I may be friends with, with Cole Worley. So yeah. uh, anyways, fantastic hey, game. Cole, will, if you're listening to this, you need to put out two restraining words. He's not listening to it, Brady. I know. Dude, make yeah, that. I know. <laughs> Lord help me. Oh, 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 oh. David, David, David's in on this too. David said, David said make this three. Yeah. All right, so root again. Wait, we're, I don't know, David. Did you have anything? You uh, said I mean, then, no. Root? We've talked at length. I mean, I think the. I don't know if you. What was it on your list, David? Uh, it was number, number two. two. Number two. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. No. So I high. mean, root, root is great. I introduced. It was one of the first games. Oddly enough, I like. I introduced my casual friends here. I introduced them to uh, No Thanks. Then I introduced <laughs> them to Wingspan, and then I said, "Hey, you know what would be really fun? Let's play Root." And did, that, did that go well? Yeah, it went as a matter of oh, fact. So what, we, what I did was I said, we're going to play. This is a learning game. We're going to play to 20 points instead. And you'll never guess who won, uh, what faction won that game. Um, Riverfolk. But who? Riverfolk? No, 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 no. The Cats. Birds. Birds. Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, it was the Riverfolk. Yeah, I was going to say the Woodland Alliance. But but like, like when it was done, I had like there was everyone was like, oh, like I, it clicked and like, can we play one more round? And I was like, no, because you guys are casuals and you take forever on your turn. So we, don't <laughs> but uh, everyone loved it. So Root is just, it's, it's so special because Cole managed to take a heavy war game and disguise it as a Saturday morning cartoon Ugh. and has the best meeples of any game out there. True. With no um, stickers. With no stickers is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. If it had stickers, the art on it, is this- great. Let, we we don't necessarily need to put it on every game that comes out, Cole. All right, not it's every not cool. game. It's, it's leader games. It's leader, leader games. games. All right, and David, I'll I will say it. some of my favorite games are when you're playing because I I actually oh, really yeah. love the the dynamic that the otters add to the game with like a market in them. David's is, the is only Jacob person that can otters? play the. Yeah. Uh, David, you're the only play person who plays otters. <laughs> what? But the Jacob battle otters, bro. <laughs> For the battle otters. The battle. I think David. The reason I love playing with you so much is the same reason why I think our John Company play would have flopped without you is because you get into the games more than any of us. Sprinkle you chaos. Just, you bring an energy that like makes it more fun, even if you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, I'm, your I'm really strategic like advantage. into the narrative that root, like the narrative that root. Oh yeah, man, creates. It tells stories I'm, every I'm time. I'm really into that more so than I am like the winning of it. But I mean, it's just like it's just an interesting game, and yeah. like anybody, like if I had to pick one game on this whole top fifty list that everyone needs to play. Yep. Uh, it, for me, it's going to be a root. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Digital edition makes it much more accessible. Great learning. Oh, and yeah. there you go. Absolutely. All right. That is number three. Number two. At least, yes. I, made, at least I had some influence. Like hey, an, I open Number two, I will say. Yeah, I can't take is, this. Do we, open, do we open the episode talking about calendars? Oh, oh my The game my with guess. the number one Melodice playlist <laughs> is Underwater Discussion cities. Phase. No, Discussion Phase, Donkey number Kong. two game. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> no. Uh, the game is Zulkin, the Mayan calendar. I know. Zulkin is That's number it is, two? It is number two because it is on all five of our lists. And it is oh interesting gosh. the way it works. And this is the way the list was meant to work. It is on all five of our lists. It is 17 on Brady's, 22 on Matthew's, 37 on mine, eight on Jacob's, and 34 on David's. So um, you could argue that this maybe should go down a little bit, but the the goal of this list is to have a collaborative list. And this is one of two games that all of us said, I like this That's game enough wild. for it to be in my top 50. It is crazy if there are only, only two games. How many games we play together? Only yep. Two. So, wow. um, Zulkin cool is an absolutely fantastic hero. Have we already mentioned the other one that was on all of our lists? No, that's, no, that's, that's going to be the, the number one game. Okay. Yep. 
I just said this too, but I said this is the first All one. Right. But I do, I do think you, uh, when you said that, John, this is one game that when we mention this game, no one questions, no one hesitates to put say it yes. It's yeah. put it on the table when this game comes out. And absolutely. So the only one person, of, only one of us had it in our top ten. I think it was eight on Jacobs, and then the rest of us are kind of mid twenties, twenties, thirties. I think Jacob, um, tell us about it. In, well, I want to say one thing, David, and it's actually what you said, but I think it's a really good point. Like the thing, one of the things I love about this game is it has a gimmick, right? It's got the gears, but it's a gimmick that works, right? Like it's something that adds to the gameplay while making a pretty dry and heavy euro like fun to play, right? Being able to move those gears every turn, the idea of like moving them twice and pushing the, the round further, right? Um, I and just, also people who fun. like come by and watch you playing it think you're doing like quantum physics. Right. With yeah. The, uh, yeah. And Brady with messed up my stickers he did. on the wheels. And but, so I had to get these fancy little pyramids with the grass and stuff oh, on the place oh, on my board. I had to get Top shelf gamer has Matthew on speed dial. That's all we know. Uh, Listen, yeah. they call me for donations when it gets every year. They say, you haven't spent enough. No, um, this is a Euro that is is very interactive based yeah. on, you know, there's a couple of like sort of racing goal me- mechanisms and everything, but just how everyone interacts with each other on the the wheels where you, you come off and on is, is especially like with the corn, getting the corn and stuff to feed your people. Um, yeah. It's a, it's and I a think this, this is a game also too, why I, I, I love games. I feel like it's a challenge. I still can get better. I don't think any of us is even no. going to pretend that we are good at this game. No. No. And I, it's not because we're bad players. It's just like, I've, I've looked up how much, how many points people score when they're like, quote unquote, <laughs> pros at this game. And we're like, we're not even in the same hemisphere. So I'm, but I'm to me, that's exciting. It. It's like, not only there am I trying people, to win, I'm just trying to do better. There are people getting paid to play Zulkin. Is that what you just you just claimed? Right Profes- there? Well, Professionals. Well, they, they're they're high level players. There's no Thank world you. championship video we can watch to learn up on this one. No, Matthew. no, but, but you know Matthews are. But listen, whenever I, even when I come in fourth or fifth, or I'm in last place. I I love this game. Feeding your people in this game is brutal, painful. painful. I remember oh the first game gosh. that I ever played. I didn't have. <laughs> I was sitting at zero points. I didn't have the food for my people. And I'm like, well, I didn't feed him. I'm at zero points. And then I just think I said, nope. I think Matthew was like, no, you got to go backwards. I'm like, there's no negative on the track. I can't get negative points. He's like, let me show you. (laughs) And he brought me like 10 or 12 points back. It just feels so. Let me show you. There's another side to the score track. Um, You're going there. But it is an absolutely uh, fantastic game. Um, I I think this is the best Melodice playlist, man. When Africa comes on, you've got the throat music. That's Mombasa. That's Mombasa, man. It's on. Zulkin too, bro. <laughs> the, I will say something that like really. Also, took we mentioned this, the expansion is is a must for the asymmetric. Oh, sorry. Wow, buddy. something that, that really takes this game to the next level. You know what that is, Jacob? I think it, would it be the expansion? It's right? the expansion. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, tribes um, and prophecies. So, what is it? It's called tribes and prophecies. Tribes and prophecies does um, something kind of similar to Lorenzo. You're not quite drafting things. Well, actually, you you are kind of you drafting could. something. So we we play to where we draft the starting resource resources, bonuses yeah. and the factions. Yeah, powers. the asymmetric powers in this one are fantastic. They're not quite on the busted level of 
something like Marco Polo, but they do make your game so much more interesting. And the, I don't know, they feel as a game this tight, they feel pretty busted to me. The one that like says you don't have to pay, what is it like an extra corn or whatever to move up on a certain spot. The one that lets you like, you can hop on one wheel, but then you can take the action of the opposite oh, the wheel. wheel. David, here, I will points. hand you that, that faction and then we'll, yeah, they'll, they'll play. I played them last time. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're they're. they're I will they're say for smooth brains, that, that I mentioned it last last week's episode that we were going to be having another game by this designer, but this I think is going to round out the absolute chokehold that Simone Luciani has on our top fifty list. Uh, he accounts for ten percent. Uh, he accounts for ten percent of our games. Is he really? Uh, yep, we have Barrage, Zolkin, Grand Austria Hotel, Marco Polo, and Lorenzo. Jeez. And I think he was the most represented designer. Um, on our top Absolutely. 50. Yeah, David, do you um, have his face tattooed on your arm yet? Uh, no, that would be my uh, my lower back. Oh, lower back. <laughs> <laughs> the love toughs. It's yeah. always the love toughs. And what's crazy is we still have a lot of games incoming from him. We still are waiting for Anunnaki, Darwin's Journey. I oh just got Toledum in. We haven't broken out Gollum. There's Newton. Like Luciani oh. is like an absolute killer. Grand Astro Hotel, man. He did that one, right? Yeah. So good. But Jacob, All this right. is higher, highest on Jacob's list. I, I really just want to hear Jacob just say. Like, I think what I like about it is how quick it plays. I mean, it, it, and all the gameplay you get in how quick it plays. I think it's. I think this and Hansa are two like most bang for your buck, affordable mm. Euro games that uh, you can just get to the table quick. And they have a they have longevity to them. They have legs, but they're also. Uh, you just throw them out and you just throw it out, throw it down and play. And I think that when it comes to like a beige euro, that's what I need. I need it. I need it to be done yeah. in an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, and this with the set amount of rounds it just makes it so interesting. Yeah. With how um, how that calendar turns around, that gear turns around. Yeah. And what what helps is that you know when it's not your turn, are you still engaged in the game? And and, and yeah, Zolk, you're you watching those people go around. You're watching what are other people doing. You're ma- you're mapping out. Well, if it turns this many times before I get right. to it, what if they double turn? Oh, you know? d- the double turn, and you're just begging oh. someone, please don't double turn. Please don't double. turn. I don't have any people out there. <laughs> oh, that is that is the most painful when you lose two rounds of actions. Yeah, um, oh, that's bad. But it's it's fantastic, and I'm it it is like I'm I'm glad that this is a game we can all agree on. It is still just so shocking to me that there are only two games on everyone's list that everybody yep. likes. Last and year, last year there were four. And you took yeah, you uh, Rudolph your list, and David took, blood, David took blood rage off his. Jerks. So I'm sorry. I hope you're happy. Well, well you know, you can sleep at just, night, David. All right. Oh, David uh, actually also took Terraform Mars off of his too. So uh, I'm not as. Um, anyways, send us the number one. Is I think this, we all know. Well, real quick before we do number one, this oh. game came out. Uh, Sulkin came out in 2012, and it is better than like 95 percent of Agreed. the euros that have been put out in the, na- in the last yes. four years. 100. percent Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Number one was 26 last year, and I think that's only because a lot of people hadn't played it enough. Um, that game is actually a combination of two games, so it's a little bit cheaty, but we grouped uh, Brash, Brass, Brash. Birmingham, <laughs> and like I've ruined it. I've ruined the number you one. Oh, my gosh. Um, Brash, Birmingham, and Lancashire. What are we at? Like it, an hour and 20 minutes? We got to start the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a little more than that. Um, it is th- lowest on Brady's list. Brady had it at 30. Um, Matthew at five, me at four, Jacob at two, and David at three. So top 10, top Ooh. five game for four of us. Um, this is just taking over that, um, you know, heavy Euro shared infrastructure. Uh, I mean, this game just feels so tight yet so satisfying. I feel like Matthew uses the term sandbox all the time. I don't think it's a sandbox, but I feel like you have a lot of freedom for the most part 
to try to develop your strategy, but you do still have to react off of the cards that you get. Um, I, I just, I'm in love with this game. It's so good. The production doesn't hurt it either. No. No. Yeah, the, it looks good. Gorgeous. The iron clays. I will say this to me right now is the pinnacle of an economic Euro. 100%. Um, and everything you do in this game is consequential. Not, not so much in the splatter saying of if you mess up your first move, you know, you lost the game, but every, every sweat you drop, Every word you think to yourself is so, so important. Um, <laughs> you can't even waste your brain energy, man. No, <laughs> no, you'll sometimes don't you don't even think about afterwards. sweating because, um, and we talked before about the, the, the turn order structure in this game is a 10 out of 10 fantastic. It's like how, how intensely you interact with the system will influence your ability in your turn order the next round. The loan mechanic in the game is fantastic timing yeah. it i mean the game is not only what you do but also when you do it uh, the shared infrastructure is, is is almost perfect in the game i do feel like the game feels a little bleak in its setting that's one yeah. thing that is one thing is like i don't get excited to play the game but like once oh, you sit down and, and 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 start playing you're like this is phenomenal yeah I if it had if it had 3d you know buildings we can pieces. get those and they do exist. The David, when your friend uh, spills beer on the beer pieces, that like, and they smell whole, like whole, beer. They smell like beer. It's a whole new level of immersion. Am I right, David? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I um, think the, one of the reasons why this one was so low on my list is a couple things. Number one, we played Lancashire for the past like two or three times, and I just I was, was not the biggest fan of that version of it. Um, I like regular brass. And then second... Again, Lancashire is regular best for the regular. Hey, this is correct. Birmingham, Bur- is, Birmingham the new, is the new oh, second well, edition. The, hey, today I learned. Um, okay, so I like the new and improved brass then. Uh, <laughs> the second thing is that this one, again, I love it. I love the interaction, but it took us a while to get there. It was a slog. And as much as I would want to, I just don't feel like this is worth teaching to kind of anyone else um, outside of playing with you guys. And and that's fair. I know you weighted or weighed that a little heavier yeah, on your, grid on for your list. Stuff, for it to be 30, I'm like, that's pretty yeah. good. Um, I think one thing that just excites me about this game and playing it more is I feel like every time I've gotten back to the table with it, I've seen something new in the game. Like I remember my first game with um, David and Jacob and albeit it was a late night. It wasn't probably the best game, but uh, I remember when we sat down with it again recently and, and the time after that, I'm like, wow, developing is really powerful. Like yeah. being able to skip to, uh, skip a couple of buildings, like even doing a couple in a row, but also the idea of, okay, I'm going to develop buy the cheap iron and then I'm going to put out an iron building and I'm going to restock that. Like the, like the way the, the game just works, like the economic, uh, it's just, it's so cool. I feel like I'm learning something new every time I play it and the strategy just goes deeper and deeper. We still haven't delved a ton into the overbuilding mechanics either mm-hmm. yeah no like high level brass play is like the market is people completely are empty paid. of iron and coal and people are overbuilding over each other and like i, I don't understand how that even get, we haven't gotten close oh, to clearing the market 2023 boys it's gonna be yes sir hey it's on my 10 10 by 10 this year so and i don't think we've ever on bga no sadly not yeah and i don't think we've ever finished a game of brass where not everyone was saying that was a fantastic game because i yeah. remember a couple games ago I literally, I, I, I just went just all out, took my loans and just was making these ginormous moves. And I, and I could not afford to take actions the last three turns of the game. And I still Ugh. wasn't that like far six points of winning. Uh, yeah, from winning the game. It's yeah. like, it was the most insane thing. I went with um, the hardcore, um, 
railroad strategy. Yeah, and Brady way out in the lead and still. still yeah, Brady lost. will melt my mind when he. It looks like he's literally doing nothing with his engine development, but he's got every link, railroad link, and and. And uh, every time you put out a building, you know you're giving him one, giving him points. More points. Yeah. He's a rail baron. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's, it's a fantastic. Does one anyone have any cr- I mean, criticisms of the game though? Things they don't like as much, things that they wish they had changed. I mean, this is our number one collective uh, game. I mean, I you did. you give this to Awakened Realms, let them super deluxify it. <laughs> Brady, I, no. It's going, it's going to number no. two. It's going the Iron Clays are fantastic with it. Yeah, is very we do good. technically, quote-unquote, have a deluxe version of the game. Really, all that is is the, the cardboard is a little thicker. Yeah, does it feel deluxe, Brady? The art is good. Like, I know you guys... Beautiful. You guys kind of complain that it's grim. I don't... Like the eighteen hundreds were Brady. grim. Thank like you. they, they're terrible. People are starving. In I want to play the game at like eleven. On cold. I want to play the game between eleven thirty and one in the afternoon, not at like a nine ten o'clock p.m. <laughs> setting. I just want there to be lights, like visually. I just want the board <laughs> to be a little a brighter. Time side on Birmingham. Hey, come on. Yeah, that's right. Y'all never <laughs> want to play with. It. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any big complaints on brass. I think David, you were the one who introduced us to this game. Yeah. So. It was the very first game that I oh, ever played. It was yeah. I when I went over my, to David's house, my the very first time. Chick Fil A manager outfit with yep. props. Uh, with props to you, David. Yeah. David, there are a couple uh, good ones that you you brought us on. This is like uh, right know. up there with too many bones for what well, you like, brought uh, to this group. It took a while to catch for me. The, with Brass, I was like watching Peaky Blinders and I was like, oh, dude, this looks sick. This is a great show. And I was like, oh, Brass Birmingham, I'm watching Peaky Blinders. I should pick up this. And like, I had no clue. Cause, yeah. Like, the last, <laughs> the previous game that I had purchased was Everdell. So, like, you know, this is, I, this was hey, new to way. games, David. I had no idea what I was doing. It was just like, you know, uh, same David who played Ticket to Ride. And the next, like, the second game I ever played was uh, Twilight Struggle on the table with my wife. And like, <laughs> big mistake. Um, but like for me, brass just feels like such an elegant game, like getting, obviously understanding like the network thing can be a little bit tricky at first. Um, but after that, you, you have a hand of cards, you play a card, you pick an action done. Now I do like that part about it. Like, (laughs) you know, with, with with PAX, you know, PAX Premier, I feel like, you know, has a lot of barriers to entry but I love that, I mean, the brass does have that one thing going for it. It's on your turn, you play a card in your hand. And that that is a huge hurdle to get over. Um, you know, like I complain about, uh, you know, something like Great Western Trail having your main action, but you got your 14 other um, auxiliary, auxiliary action. actions and all of that stuff. Like this almost, you know, kind of reminds me of something like, you guys might throw some shade at me for this, but like Royals, where it's like, Elegant game, but on your turn, you got one thing you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely, you know, there's, there's, I think, six actions that you can take. Um, and some of those you're hardly ever taking, like, overbuild. That's not really one that you're considering very much. Um, but with, with brass, you just, you're just looking at the board and you're reading what everybody's doing. You're invested the whole time. It is not a multiplayer, solitaire, freaking do your own thing, AMC. Euro. It is, you are highly, highly invested. And Brady, I would actually challenge you to see if maybe like you could whip up a game with like you, Tara, and Jacob or something like that. And, uh, you know, like a nice little three player game. Are you trying to say say my wife is a casual? Are you trying to say uh, my wife is a casual, David? uh She's not a casual. I'm I'm just saying, like, you're you're just, uh, you're the one who says I can't teach this to like my family and friends and whatnot. Your in laws. Because it's not, it is not Great Western Trail where there's like a thousand pieces of iconography that you have to memorize. It is. It is. It's the network concept. If you can understand that, then you can understand the game. I think playing Lancashire will help 
before playing Birmingham in that regard too. Because if you just add the beer after learning how it works in Lancashire. It, no, I would disagree. I would disagree with that just because Birmingham is a more forgiving game than Lancashire is. Lancashire is a bit yes. more, more All tight. right. Well, anything else on uh oh Jacob, you disagree. No, no, no. no. I was trying to interpret up I'm fine with what David said. All right, David, all right. I like you. you. It's a winner. It's a winner. And we do not, um, it may be a little anticlimactic because it's like the number two game of all time on board. Yeah. Geek. So well, sorry, we don't veer much from what you can just learn on a app or a website. <laughs> Although so I will say it needs to surpass Gloomhaven because it's a better game than Gloomhaven. Right, Master? Look at me and say, uh, yes. is it better than Frosthaven? You'll never hear those words come from my mouth. <laughs> it's a totally different <laughs> yeah, game. Right. But at least yeah. the game took a while. I mean, it just wasn't an overnight hit. It wasn't a hype. I mean, it was this game slowly Slow creeped up, burn. creeped up, creeped up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so really quick, we'll go through these. So number 10 was Scythe. We've got, oh, wait, sorry. I'm looking can, at my own list. <laughs> yeah. Number 10 uh, was Scythe. Number nine was Underwater Cities. Number eight. Was that one was a surprise for me. Terra Mystica. Number seven, Castles of Burgundy. Number six, Tax Premier. Number five, Terraforming Mars. Four was Blood Rage. Three was Root. Two was Zulkin, the Mayan calendar. And one was Brass, Birmingham, and Lancashire. So I have tabulated all of the points. So we did a kind of discussion phase uh, top 10 uh, guess, What's right? They, prize, had to, they had John, to make a I list. Win. Um, and as Brady mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you got the game in the correct spot, you got three points and then one away positive or minus was two points, two away positive or minus was one point. So I have tabulated all of the points and all of the guesses. I don't feel like I did. Well. David, from last I do have a question. David was the yeah. game that you were going to say to put in your spot. Was that Scythe? No, no, and you no forgot, I completely, completely forgot about. Scythe. Okay. He forgot about it. So David did have a, a blank. He didn't have a number six game, but um, even with that, Brady, he still beat you. So Brady was uh, last place with twelve points. Okay. David so, was in third or third place with thirteen. He was tied with another player. That was Matthew at thirteen. Mom. Jacob oh, taking hell. it home with sixteen. Heal before me, points. peasants. He got both brass at one and Zulkin at uh, two. You got brass oh. at one. Brass at one. Zulkin I put brass two. at one as well. That I, I Brady, how did you put I, I Ruben Zulkin? You were the one who didn't have I did it ask on John because I know you guys simp for it, and you would. Put well, it. I asked John if all of us having it on our list like would do more for like games that we had. It. Yeah, I mean that's been I've said that eight, yeah, eighteen hundred times during this. Trying to clarify, that's why I ended up putting those two because those were my guesses. For I completely forgot about Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, me that too. cost me. It wasn't even. You put Paris on yours, Jacob. That was a stretch. I, I, I actually thought I thought about Paris as well. So. I put Agizia. Was I put Dune Imperium? Was it uh, Dune Imperium? Was last week. on the list. It was on oh, fourteen. Okay. Yeah, that's my bad. I put a, did Agizia make our list at all? The top fifty? Nope. I don't think so. You didn't have it in your top fifty at all. Agizia did not make the list. Oh, I guess it was only on my Flash list. Then. Fan. You but. you ruined it last time when you went all the way down to the bottom and yoinked my thing. Just to give a little bit of a highlight, right? So there's a lot that goes into the building of this list. So one of the things I think we'd like to do either in its own standalone episode or in uh, the next coming episodes have kind of like a segment where each person gets to talk a little bit about their list and share some highlights that maybe didn't make it on. So some of their top games that um, weren't mentioned on the top 50 list or they'd like to add a little bit more highlight to. Um, and we also want to do kind of like a stats episode. So breaking down in a little bit more detail who had the most crossover with who, um, you know, what games were, um, you know, left off the list, uh, you know, maybe some honorable mentions. 
Uh, we also want to talk about like who has the heaviest uh, weight preference in their um, gaming list. We'll see who that is and, and some other fun ideas. So if you have something you want to know about the list, I've got pretty much all the data you could shake a stick at in uh, in Excel. So um, we are, John, we are very, very thankful for you in Excel. You're a wizardry. It's like yeah. you're, you're like a wizard. It's been it's been fun. I get to actually use some of what I do on a daily Thanks, basis college. for uh, for uh, my personal enjoyment. So um, I've had a blast counting down this top fifty. I'm excited to continue to do it and trend out, um, you know, year over year and see how we we evolve and shape as a board game list. We did have a game. Uh, oh, never mind. I read that backwards. I was going to say Castles of Burgundy was the only game in our top ten that was not uh, even on the list last year. So. Uh, I completely overlooked the fact that you Ooh. play some of these games so much online. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was oh, not right, expecting right, right. this. They're so good. Listen, no. the, there's two things. Price. Well, three things real, real quick. So, Matthew, per your Blood Rage comment about just like not being, you know, not having enough crack. So, if it's Cooper Island and Blood Rage on two different tables, which one are you going to? Blood Rage. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just yes, want to check your pulse there for a second. <laughs> So the Cooper resolutions Island for this trash. resolutions for this year, I want to see a party game on Matthew's top fifty next year. <laughs> but there, were, right. I think there may have been one nope. close kind David, of David, semi-party game. Party games aren't real games; they're activities. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I will. <All> right. <laughs> he wants to say something. What else? So what else? He knows uh, it's I was true. Say, I want to see a party game on, and and I want to see, I want to see the Great Zimbabwe shoot its. Oh, way. it's in my veins. Oh, Is that that squatter game that looks like? Absolute garbage. There's no <laughs> yeah, back to right. the box. Ooh, but it's the shared like, infrastructure. The great Zimbabwe. It's just not. I have like a moral conviction uh, against those games. Like they just are. Yeah. Brady, you didn't even have to buy it. Don't complain about like the the cost of production. I don't like the philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the philosophy behind. You know, it's like it's like just, I I feel like they're like companies who are like getting blood diamonds in Africa or something. You know. <laughs> right. Don't don't put but don't put that evil on me, Ricky. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Anyways, any final uh, final thoughts? I know we we just crossed over the two hour mark, so we've Long got a, a good one for you today. Um, thanks what? for sticking around for yeah. our, our top fifty. It's been a lot of fun. We we love games, um, so it's always fun to yeah. you know. And I just want to say thank you to all of you guys because uh, obviously we couldn't make a top fifty list if we didn't have each other to play games with, and we always say how uh, thankful we are that we you know have people to play with. We miss you, David. Come back to us, you guys too, David. I'll, I'll help. Remote, I'll help with the. Back. I'll help with the moving expenses if you want to come back to Johnson City. <laughs> but oh, Johnson awkward, City awkward I took turtle. you for granted. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he finally said that it. That is what I wanted <laughs> yeah, to hear, baby. <laughs> Anyways, does anyone uh, have any real quick any like top gaming memories or moments from the past the year? Spot? Oh man, this past year. Oh man, when we'll Andy have to came revisit. Them, absolutely yeah, killed no, Blood right, Rage. That was a good one. That can be a whole episode. All right, y'all, th- I, y'all I, think I, about I, it. We'll come back to it to next year. We still have to make our New Year's resolutions. We know how uh, hot and cold some of those can come and go. <laughs> I'm still working on my design a board game resolution from two years ago. There you go. Yeah. Hey, they already took RuneScape too. So it's, yeah, they, uh, they they made it. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm John. I'm Brady. I'm Jacob. And I'm David. And this has been the, the discussion phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you enjoy our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram for new playthroughs and reviews, and you can also join down in the link below on our discord channel and let us know your thoughts on all these topics.
Thanks, everybody.